dropping off or picking up? Dropping off. Just a moment. You a Ghostbuster? Yes. We picked up this guy, and now we don't know what to do with him. Bellevue doesn't want him, and I'm afraid to put him in the lockup, and I know you guys are into this stuff, so I figured we'd check with you. All right. Are you the gatekeeper? You better bring him inside. You are so kind to take care of that man. You know, you are a real humanitarian. I don't think he's human. What did you say your name was? Vince Clortho, Keymaster of Gozer. According to this, his name's Lewis Tully. Lives on Central Park West. Do you want some uh, coffee, Mr. Tully? Do I? Yes, have some. Yes, have some. Vince, you said before you were waiting for a sign. What sign are you waiting for? Gozer the Traveler. He will come in one of the pre-chosen forms. During the rectification of the Valdrani, the Traveler came as a large and moving torb. Then, during the third reconciliation of the last of the McKetrick supplicants, they chose a new form for him, that of a giant slore. Many shubs and zools knew what it was to be roasted in the depths of the slore that day, I can tell you. Shrubs and Zool speech for you. Well, he's going to be in today, right? Yeah, well, I don't know about that. There's some confusion. A little bit of discombobulation, as they say, uh, about whether it's going to be air. You know, we're both equally welcome. Everyone is equal in my eye, as the guy says in Blazing Saddles. I. Aaron seems to think that it's Scott Daly coming in today, and I think Scott thinks it's Aaron coming in today. So that's going to have to work itself out somehow. Tim is speaking with his microphone off. Welcome to Friday. Hello? Hi. Now, I was going to say I already heard Aaron on several commercials. I think that's Fat Boy. But they do sound very similar. They sound exactly alike. Well, they're both on every commercial in the world. They are. Well, there's, there's that, you know, there's that spot for CD Game Exchange where Fat Boy is... Uh, okay. Hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. You're listening to AM 970 Solid State Radio. If I'm going to derail myself, I have to start at least identifying the show first. It's Friday, and welcome to Day 12. Uh, it's, uh, what is it, 3 minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11, and this is the month of September in the year of our Lord, 2007. Thank you for coming by, making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970. Solid State Radio. Before we do anything else, I will say, so Fatboy from KUFO, good friend of ours, sounds a lot like Aaron, which is weird, because really, I, I, I'm not going to say he looks like Aaron as such, but I mean, he's and especially because you know, and and you know, and Aaron's they sort don't of. They look a, at all alike. Well, here's the thing: is that Fat Boy's he's dropped a lot of weight recently. He's no longer a fat boy. Aaron is, uh, you know, he's a man of size. Aaron at least rides his bike every day. <laughs> you shut up. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I think to... you guys might switch positions from man of size soon enough. <laughs> um, but uh, but uh, but when uh, but when Fat Boy had all the guys, guys as Tim sort of he's not really the fat anymore. He's sort of medium sized lad. So he's felt boy. And so but when he was you know the kind of heavier, it was weird. They don't look alike as such, but they're sort of parallel universe versions of each other. 
Um, uh, they both had at one point sort of a similar body type, kind of a similar facial structure, similar facial hair, and then they both had just like this insane freakish knowledge of all things comic-oriented, sci-fi, fantasy, geek, and as we've all noted, they sound a lot alike. Because we've heard Fat Boy's commercials. He, by the way, he's most recently heard of the CD Game Exchange commercial, where his trait and his trait in all of his spots is disproportionate anger. And this is this is how that particular spot for CD Game Exchange starts. You hear him just sort of. I guess the the spot copy must have said like sound of typing. So I think instead he just sort of like whacked his hands on the keyboard and he goes, "Damn it! I'm sick of these download sites!" Like he's just like, so angry. It's like a white-hot sort of furious loathing that's coming out of his solar plexus. Maybe the salesperson changed the copy like three times. That never happened. Before she found that acceptable. Sam, that salespeople, would be, the AE would never do that. Oh. There would never be endless, pointless copy revisions oh, over and over. <laughs> um, anyway, so but he sounds a lot like Aaron there. It, it, Fatboy also had that great line. I didn't remember what the ad was, but there was an ad that was running, I don't know, six, seven, eight months ago, where... His sole line was, sounds great, where are my keys? Which is like, and it was the worst line reading I've ever heard in my life, which he himself knows, by the way. He's acknowledged I that. remember that line. I don't, even, I don't even think he was in the rest of the commercial. Because if you work at a radio station, eventually they come in and they pull you out of the hallway. And, it, it, you know, they just look, can you say this line? And you kind of, okay, uh, prices and taxes may vary. Can I go? Yes. Okay, thanks. And then you just leave. You don't know what it's for. You have no idea what you were talking about. You have no idea what the product was. But they had clearly pulled Fatboy out of the hallway, and they said, say this line. And so he just steps up, and you can hear his eyes processing each word as he, sounds great. Where are my keys? And, that's, and that was, every time I saw him in the hallway, I would greet him with that. And he would just sort of give me the finger and walk on. So, anyway, how did Fatboy even come up? Oh, because he sounds a lot like Aaron, who may or may not be in today. So, then well, we can bring with- Fatboy and say he's Aaron. Hey, I like the way you think, Tim Riley. We can have an on And if Fatboy ever decides he wants to go on strike, well, God we'll God bring God. in Aaron. He'll be the Craig Gas of the Rick Emerson world. So, like, that... if you can't get Sam Kinison, you get Craig Gas. How will the foolish public know? <laughs> That'd be a great contest to have both of them in here. That'd be a great bit. Can you tell Fatboy from Aaron? <laughs> uh-huh. I, I'm writing that down now. No, that's not what you give away your little no Halo 3 me. things. Okay, that's great. It'll be like a, it'll be like a, a Dick York, Dick Sargent kind of a thing. Well, you know, and that happens in the world of animation all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they con- in the world of animation, they constantly are replacing uh, voice actors. Well, we had that whole thing about McGruff, the McGruff, the original, and McGruff. And we knew. Well, you knew. I just the new one's a fake. I see, and I never would have known. I would have been if you had not pointed out. If we hadn't had like a whole thirty-minute discussion about it that day about whether the McGruff, the crime dog voice, is new, is sort of a fake, a pseudo McGruff. Uh, a semi-gruff, I would still think it was the original guy. You're the only one who was able to spot it, and then the listeners, you know, we sort of dug up that that was the case, but I had me totally fooled. Um, very rarely. you got to get up pretty early in the morning. To, to do what? Or just in general? Yes, just in general. You've got to eat a lot of apples. Very rarely do voice talents have the amount of clout to just sort of to dig in and demand. Like even, look, here's a perfect example of this. John Chris Velusi, who created Ren and Stimpy, who I believe was the voice of Ren, 
Uh, Billy West was the voice of Stimpy, but John Chris Felusi, I believe, was the original voice of Ren Hoek. I mean, he was, and he was, he was the writer, he was the director, he was the creator, and the star. He did everything on that show, um, and he just wasn't churning out enough episodes for enough, you know, for, for the for the money they were paying him. And whoever it was at the time, Nickelodeon, I think it was, said, "Work faster." And he said, "No, what are you going to do? Fire me? You can't fire me. I'm the voice of Ren." And then it was, and you never heard from that guy again. And Billy West, who does like all the voices on Futurama, Billy West just stepped up, and from that day on, Billy West was the voice of everything on that show. So, the only time that ever failed was with The Simpsons, because The Simpsons voice actors, who were worth whatever they're paid, I don't know what they're paid now, but they're worth it because of it, they absolutely defined those characters. The Simpsons voice actors said, "Hey, well, we want more money," and Fox said, "Well, we're not going to pay it. You'll just have to quit." And they and the, the Simpsons people were like, okay, we're gonna quit. Bye. Have fun finding another Homer. Bye now. And they and Fox just buckled like a belt and just paid them, you know, whatever it is. Which they actually referenced. There's an episode of The Simpsons where they reference that, where it's just a passing joke where I think Bart and Lisa are sitting at the kitchen table, and I think they're talking about how it's one of those plots within a plot. But I think they're talking about how the guy who plays who's the mouse, itchy or scratchy? Do we know? We know it doesn't really matter. But, they, no. but Bart and Lisa are sitting at the kitchen table, and Lisa's talking about how the character, who, who the voice actor who plays the mouse on Itchy and Scratchy has been replaced by somebody else. And Bart Simpson says, well, that's because you can always replace voice talent with somebody who sounds vaguely similar and play the new, you know, pay the new guy 30% less. And at that moment, Flanders walks by the window and opens his mouth to respond and responds with clearly like the voice of a huge black man. Which, and he said, that's absolutely right, Diddley, and just continues to walk by. And it was one of those... It was a little allusion to the fact that Fox and the Simpsons characters had this whole uh, salary standoff about voice talent. So I'm not sure whether Aaron Geek in the City Duran is in today or not. Here's how this sort of worked out. He was in, refresh my memory, correct me if I'm wrong here, he was in the day before I left, right? That's correct, yes. So he was in two weeks ago, mm-hmm. which would make last week, regrettably for Scott Daly, Scott Daly's week, which would make this Aaron's week again. So I'm pretty sure that it's Aaron who's in today, but... You know, we'll find out, I guess. That'll just... Or it could be fact. They'll just, they'll just resolve that among themselves, and then somebody will appear, too, and they'll talk about something or other. All right, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. You want to call in today about the whatever? With your thoughts, observations, clarifications, convictions, your two cents, uh, whatever it is you got on your brain, you can share that with us. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, Scotty J is standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, the whatever. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at... RickEmerson.com, Rick at RickEmerson.com, uh, Sarah at 970.am, Tim at 970.am, or Scotty J at 970.am. Uh, before we do anything else, here is what is coming up today. Uh, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastamon, who was booked by Scotty J today in his new role as CNN guest booker. Uh, Steve Kastenbaum will be joining us today. Uh, we'll talk about... Well, the, what starts in New York always comes here. So they, there is, they've got some thing now where I guess they're going to start installing the, the global positioning, you know, the, the GPS tracker things in taxis in New York. Apparently, I, I think there's some issue where taxis are just are just picking people up and then just, I don't know, and then just dumping their bodies into the Hudson or something. There must be something really wrong happening in New York taxis because I think the city is trying to install like some sort of tracking microchip in the forehead of every taxi driver there. So uh, we'll find out uh, what's up with that. Jim Roop will join us later on. Uh, we'll talk about, I guess in California they busted somebody who was making a warehouse full of candy filled with marijuana. 
And I don't know what this is about. But they told Scotty about this story, and he sort of scrawled down just the barest rudiments of an explanation. Apparently, maybe Tim knows about this. Apparently, there is some city in California that now smells so bad. It now smells so awful that they created a 1-800 number specifically for people to complain about the stench of the city. Does that sound familiar to you at all? Mm. No. Okay. Well, there you go. Mm. We're done. All right, so that's coming up. Steve Kastam, I'm Jim Roop. Uh, either Scott Daly or Aaron Durant will be in the studio later on. We'll do today's top five. Uh, top five acts who have been nominated for induction into the Rock and Roll uh, Hall of Fame. And here's the way that that will work. Uh, it, every year, I think they nominate nine. I kind of quit caring a long time ago, and then every year I say that I'm not going to complain about it, and then every year I do, and it just sort of becomes a whole thing. But it's become a new and exciting tradition. But every year they nominate, I think, nine acts for the Rock Hall of Fame, and then and then they vote in five of them, and then Rush fans sit in carp for the next six months. That's, that's sort of the, the same three-phase plan every year. So this year they have released the nominees. So of those nine nominees, Scotty J is going to be ranking the five that he, Scotty J, feels are the most deserving of entry into the Rock Hall of Fame. So we'll count those down uh, later on today. The top five acts that Scotty J believes should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame out of the nine inductees. We'll answer the magical question, who is getting married again? A uh, little hint, she's wrinkly, and her name is Liz Taylor. We'll answer the question, how crazy is Tom Cruise, and uh, we'll give away not one, but two copies of Halo 3. So today we will give away two copies of Halo 3, so be listening for that. Uh, we are joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are, are you doing? really? Yeah. You're not putting up a front, a facade? You're fantastic. You're wonderful? Yeah, I'm doing good. Excellent. Good for you. Well Why? Done. You seem like you're probing for some reason. Not at all. I'm just curious. Because I care about you as a person. I don't know. No one saw a really uh, cool band play last night. You seem a little tired. That's the only I thing I'm going to say. I am tired. I haven't slept well since I got back from New York yeah. at all. No, that's what I'm saying. No, you seem like you're in a fine mood, but you do seem... You have that look on your face. Here's the... The look, because Kristen Bowie had this same look on her face today, because she revealed that lately she's been, because Kristen Bowie gets in very early. She gets there like 5.30 in the morning, and she's revealed that lately she's been staying up until 1 a.m. For And I, you know, and I talked to her about that whole thing about how there's nighttime you and there's morning you, and nighttime you never has to see morning you, so he just keeps you up all night and then is gone when you wake up in the morning, and morning you is like, damn you, nighttime me! No, and I'm so poor since I've been, come back from New York, I've been doing job number two every day after work, so I'm like... I do this, and then job number two requires a lot of, like, manual labor where I'm lifting a lot of things, and I'm just, I'm exhausted. Oh, that's the way people actually work. Yeah, so I do that till like, 8 o'clock at night, and then I'm pooped. Okay. Let's go back and talk about the numerous uses of the phrase, I've been doing job number two a lot after work, <laughs> which is exhausting. I didn't think about that. Which is exhausting. It requires a lot of lifting. <laughs> manual after, labor. After Ew. which I'm pooped. <laughs> yes, you are, Sarah. Yes, I am. No, okay. So, um, well, this is the job where they pay you in shoes, though, so you can't complain about that. No, I have to get paid in money. What is it shoes. with your bracelets today? You get, are you are you going to be buried next to Tutankhamun later in the afternoon? No, I like bracelets. I'm saying it's great, but there's like a like hundred pounds there. I was wearing these all week. That's pretty great. I dig those. Thank right. you. Well, no, you seem fine, but you do have that. The look on your face is just. I hate to use this dreaded cliche, but it is a whole lot of like, thank God it's Friday. On your face today, just like a lot of. Oh, I'm gonna go home and lay on the sofa. And not I'm move. very much looking forward to laying on the sofa with my cute dog. Yeah. We got a haircut yesterday. Who I think the person I think I waited too long to get a haircut, and I think they were judging me. Oh Unless no! I got little dread. He started to grow little dreadlock. 
Okay. And I know that's kind of gross. Yeah. But I'd wash him, but he was kind of dreadlocked. I am. I get really self-conscious about that all the time. But they do. Y'all take Max in because we had to take him in for uh, an ear cleaning. And I'm not going on about it. About it. But it, I guess I guess losses have got weirdly designed ears, and they're really hard to keep clean naturally. So you got to go in and get them. them yeah, you got to get them cleaned up. And then they give us this medication to you know like like a little drop that you put into his ears or whatever. And we'll forget to do it sometimes. And then we'll take him in, and you just know, you know. That the vet can look at the dog with like magic sort of Kryptonian vision and see bad parents. And then they look back at you and you just have all of this weird guilt that you are projecting onto yourself because you're convinced that the vet knows that you're an awful dog parent. So I know that guilt well. Well, she, I, I think she was being nice to me. She's like, well, I had to get a little, she's like, just be careful on his stomach because I had to get a little close to the skin. Uh. There was some clumping in the fur. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's a I, And I brush him, but he has, when I got him from the Humane Society, the box was checked that says um, excessive body hair. He has he has more than the normal amount of He's body hair. He's the Clyde hair. of the dog Yeah, world. he just sprouts hair constantly everywhere. Certain <laughs> dogs then, need to be combed and brushed every day. Yeah, I know, so I brush him quite a bit, but then, you know, I'll leave for the day and he'll be rolling around and kind of dreadlock himself. Fantastic. Tim I'm Riley's working on the following stories for your edification today. Wow, there's lots of stuff going on. Uh, first, uh, some uh, kid holding a bunch of kids uh, hostage at a high school in California has been captured. Oh. And then uh, Hillary is... Pro- this is a, a page out of the Russian government's playbook. Hillary is proposing $5,000 for every U.S. baby. So get busy. She's what? what? Proposing $5,000 for every U.S. baby born. A $5,000 the- baby bond account. Now, is it a, now, when they say... Well, I guess we'll hear more about it in the news hour. It wouldn't be a tease if I asked the question you answered it all right now, I suppose. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. A uh, Washington woman missing for eight days who's found alive in her squished SUV. Her husband, whom police wrongly suspected was involved in her disappearance, didn't have to take the lie detector test after all. Another Washington woman nearly dies of a tongue piercing. That like Oswego magazine scammer is back, ready to swindle more of the locals. We'll hear from Britney's bodyguard and what he did about Britney's constant nudity. Uh, the Minneapolis airport will lower the dividers between the stalls and the Larry Craig restroom. Not enough room to play footsies anymore. Oh, uh, damn it. Now we're off to figure out someplace else to go. Well, there are always rest areas. I don't understand the... I don't understand the whole business with what you do about Britney's constant nudity. I mean, the answer to that seems pretty... That's like the what do you do about anorexia question. The answer to that seems pretty self-evident. Didn't you say... Is that on your blog, the picture of her getting into her car with a margarita? Yeah. <laughs> is she getting behind the wheel? Please tell me she is. Or is she, or is she being driven? No, she's not. No, I don't think she's behind the wheel. No, but she's in front of, like, you know, 50 paparazzi. And she's getting into a car and holding no, a assistant, margarita. Well, her assistant, it's weird. She's kind of, like, sneaking her one behind her back. She in front within six months. Sneaking her one in front of the 5,000 photographer. No one will see this. Yeah, no, she's... She'll be uh, within six months. No, I, are you making a prediction right I now? Mm-hmm. All right, so what is today? Today is September, what, 29th? Yeah. 28th. 28th. Okay, so that September would make after it... after the holidays, if she makes it that far. October, November, December, January, February, March. So you are saying... By the end of, by close of business, as they say in CBS, yeah. by COB, uh, March 28th, you believe Britney Spears to be dead yeah. by her own hand? In other words, it, not, not... They'll have a hard time proving by whose hand it was. Yeah, <laughs> I think that she's so dis- like delusional at this point. I don't think she'd take her own life because she just feels like she's untouchable. Now, do you share the, uh, do you share the dead in six months theory? I think that it, it wouldn't be... Tim thinks she's going to be smothered by one of the Kennedy brothers, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There. Joseph Pelicano's fingerprints are all over this place. I don't, I don't think she'd do it herself um, on purpose, but I think she'll probably end up dying in some way. How long? Like overdosing. 
Three months? You think, oh, three months. See, I would say I think she'll make it through the holidays, but it could be wrong. If they, she makes it through December, <laughs> she'll still be dead by March. Okay. So there's that. Okay, I'm going to, but I'll say within nine months, probably. This is like the price is right. Like the cl- the person who's the closest route going over. So Brittany three, Plinko. this makes it really easy. Brittany Plinko. This makes it really. Three, six, and nine. <laughs> she's like the guy going up the mountain. And... <laughs> Uh, this makes it really easy. Three, six, nine. Mm-hmm. Okay, going uh, clockwise here in the room. All right, fantastic. Mm-hmm. There you go. Our official Britney Spears uh, death watch is, is on then. Because here's the reason. I'm just going to say this. Maybe it'll be like a James Dean car crash thing where they don't know if if, if she did it intentionally. Maybe the, 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 they'll just find her, you know, jumping off a building or something. I think it's inevitable, though, because I think she's got... Um, uh, like, I say this like I know her, but it does seem... Like, Brittany, how do I put this? For Douglas Adams fans, uh, there's a little Zaphod Beeblebrox reference for you here with the infinite perspective machine. There's this machine in the Douglas Adams novels that is designed to break your spirit. And what they do is they put you into this, like, little phone booth-looking thing. They shut the door. And what it does is it shows you the entire cosmos, and then it shows you your place in it. Oh. Like it's like you are here, and it's designed just to completely crush your sense of self-worth. And so it, you get literally to see the entire galaxy, and then it zooms in to show you what a small part of it you are. And it's called the infinite perspective vortex, and it's designed there just to make just completely destroy your ego and show you how unimportant you are. And they put this guy named Zephyr Beeblebrox, who's the president of the galaxy, in there, and he steps out of it perfectly fine. And he's like, ah, show me what I already knew. I'm the most important thing in the galaxy. I think that's what Brittany has going on. I think in the infinite perspective vortex of Brittany's mind, she is the most important. That's, that's why she can just pound a bunch of horse pills before she gets on stage. That's why she can still wear a string bikini when she's had you know, like 12 kids and she's 50 years old. That's why she can do all of these things because in her head she's like, I'm Brittany Spears, mm-hmm. which is just a thing that's been fed to her for so long. So I think she has a, enough of, a, of an inflated sense of her own glamour that she might figure that the way to do this is to do the Marilyn Monroe, especially since it's already been prefigured in that video she did. That song, oh, yeah, Every, Every Time, time. where she yeah. overdoses in the bathtub, which is a great song, by the way. It's a very pretty song, but she uh, she overdoses in the bathtub. And I just hope they don't play Kendall in the window. Oh, and you, we should preemptively, <gasps> we should preemptively write a Britney death song. That could be the new Portland anthem because we had to ditch that after now, the you Young Immortals schooled us. Will die before Lindsay Lohan after she gets out of um, Lindsay rehab. Lohan. I don't think she's going to die. I think Lindsay Lohan is just going to get into obscurity. She, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And she's just going to She's going to get well, older and more wrinkly. I think she'll fade, or else she'll realize that she's going to fade unless she like she's regains the party girl lifestyle. I think that Lindsay Lohan might just be, you know, uh, I, I think she might just fade away and just become wallpaper. I think that she might just... I mean, I, I think... Don't you think that people have already kind of just written her off? Yeah. And not written her off like Britney Spears. I think we've written Britney Spears off in the sense that we still think about her and she's still sort of top of mind awareness, as they say in advertising, but we just know she's never going to get back to the top. I think with Lindsay Lohan, we just kind of stuck her in the in deep storage in the basement of our mind. Yeah. Like she's down there with Milton and the, and the roaches. Because we usually just, it's overexposure, overexposure. You must go. We're tired of you. I, when, I think I told you the story, but uh, I had to take four plane flights to and from London. It was two flights each way. There was two films they showed. Uh, I saw the Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver, Silver Surfer on every flight. Every one. And boy, goddamn, what an awful movie that is. And then the other one they were showing was Georgia Rule, uh, which has Jane Fonda, who is now so old that I didn't even know it was her. And it's pretty sad, by the way. No knock on Felicity Huffman. When you've got Felicity Huffman and... Uh, and um, Lindsay Lohan uh, in a movie together, and Felicity Huffman is the hot one. 
I think it's a Felicity Huffman. You, know, you would not think of her as a hot young thing, but next to Lindsay Lohan, who even then started to look bad. But no one. Well, cared. yeah, that was in the middle of. Yeah. Well, that was couple. the movie she almost got fired from, mm-hmm. right? So I think Lindsay Lohan. We have just decided she's done. She's like a stale. You know, she's a can of soda that's been left open all week, mm-hmm. and we're just sort of like, well, yeah, okay, done, and we just sort of stick it back in the cupboard and forget about it. I think Britney Spears, though. Well, uh, the fizz is gone. It's one of the, like, those big bottles, and you leave the top off for too long, and all of a sudden it's flat. Right. It's, it's completely, it's become lifeless and uninteresting. So, since we were never able to do the Portland Anthem, because the Young Immortals came in and schooled us on the air, because we were trying to build it, like, one line at a time, and that guy from the Young Immortals, who's just some songwriting machine, sat down and wrote the entire thing in about 40 seconds, and they came in and they played it all, and then we were just... I think I actually just crumpled up the whole piece of paper and threw it away at that point. Because mm-hmm. what was the point? We ought to preemptively write a song as though Britney's already dead. Just sing it Is really. it going to be to that same um, song? Candle, Candle in, the in the Wind? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I don't even know how we do it at this point. At this point, we're so bad about getting musical projects done on this show uh, that we might just have to farm it out to some band that we know. I, I think you recently completed one. I couldn't talk about that, oh, Tim. One we can't talk if about. If I had completed a project like that, uh, conflict of interest regulations at CBS would, of course, preclude me from mentioning that on the air or well, talking about where you might be able to discover it. I guess one must seek out other venues to find out more about that. One must. One must uh, look elsewhere to discover whatever secret mystery projects I may have recently completed. I think it'd be What's better. What's the name of your website again? It's rickemerson.com. Why? Rickemerson.com? That's right. Rickemerson.com. Are you just looking for photographs of me? Rickemerson.com. Are you just trying to find a. Rickemerson.com. Are you just trying to find information about Miles Around? Oh, you updated a post. I don't know anything about that. That's weird. (laughs) You are a bad person. All right. I think it might get more attention instead of the candle and the wind thing, though, if we had some band write a completely original two minute song. And literally just write the song so explicitly that it's clear that we're assuming she's already dead. Just write it as though she's already dead. That'd get somebody a little attention. Hey, do you know if the band that I asked to be my friend on MySpace approved me? I don't know. I'll ask the band. Wait, hold on. Yes. Yes, they did. They did? Yes, they did. Did I even make their top friends? Yes, you'd, uh... Well, I haven't, I mean, the band hasn't taken time to really organize those things. Maybe I should put it in my top friends so it's easier to find. Maybe. It's probably a good idea. Thank you. Um, I don't have time to read any of these any of these great emails we've got here, or to talk about um, or to talk about this horrible clown story. So uh, we'll get to all these. I'm just going to read this one story, and then we'll break, and we'll come back. Um, why did I write down the word Hawthorne? I wrote that down. It seemed really important at the it's time. It's a popular place to spend your time. And I'm just going to read this. Eight times married icon uh, Elizabeth Taylor is heading for yet another trip down the aisle. She declared her love for a wealthy businessman she met last year in Hawaii. The veteran actress who claims to be only 75. There's no way she is only 75. That is not possible. Um, we should see the photo I was looking at of uh, Kelly Ripa, who claims to be 37. She looks like she's 50. That's not true either. But that show, boy, I mean, it's not like I watch Regis and Kelly a lot, but I mean, that show has aged her. You're talking about the presidency aging somebody? Working with Regis has aged Kelly Ripa like nobody's business. And she's already, she's another one of those Marie Presley, uh, Marie Presley, Marie uh, Osmond types where she's got like 50 kids, doesn't she? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think I think Kelly Ripa's all... Uh, yeah, she's all hollowed out down there. I think that's I think that's all gone to it's all gone gone to hell. 
Anyway, so apparently Elizabeth Taylor is uh, engaged. She's going to marry this. Uh, this uh, who, who he's described as a charming African American businessman, Jason Winters. And then there's just the, charming. the creepiest photograph of, of he looks like he is sucking the flesh off of her hand. Oh. He's apparently kissing her hand. She's in a wheelchair, but it does look like is he's she wearing a Liza Minnelli mask. That's what it looks like. After a bad night. Eliza. <laughs> And it really is it like it is like Eliza Minnelli on um, on Arrested Development, <laughs> the Lucille Two Vertigo mask. It does look like he's sucking the blood out of her out of her body in this picture, though. Oh, Liz, you're so sexy. You taste of sweet, sweet death. All right. Well, anyway, all right. We got to take a break. Back after this, Steve Kassenbaum, Tim Riley coming up at noon with a new news hour later on. Jim Roop. I found that it is uh, Scott Daly coming in today with a review of Into the Wild, the new Sean Penn oh. film. Uh, top five uh, bands uh, nominated for induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And Halo. Is that Kelly Ripa? Yes. Uh, she looks like an alien. Kelly. She looks like someone on the table waiting for an alien autopsy. She looks like someone's trailer trash waitress mother impersonating Linda Hamilton well, in Terminator 2. At least she doesn't smoke. Maybe oh, that's doesn't. just unfortunate. All right, Halo 3 giveaways today as well. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Yeah. Why, hello. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503. 733-2970-503-733-2970. Uh, let's see what's coming up. Copies of Halo 3 today. Uh, for at least one of those, we'll be doing Identify This Classic Video Game Noise. Uh, that'll be for a copy of Halo 3. Scott Daly's in today, so we can't do the Is It Aaron or Is It Fat Boy thing. Uh, so we may just do the video game thing for both of those. But that's, um, we might do one of those this hour, actually. Don't call yet. But we might do one of those uh, Halo 3 giveaways this hour. Because I have this bad... As they say in the uh, as they say in the promotions department here, I'm, my contesting mechanisms are poor, which is a that's a lazy way. Of, that's, a, that's a polite way of saying that I shove everything until like the final 12 minutes of the show, and then I would just go color five. And I never know what to do. So uh, we'll try to do that today. Uh, in this hour, we've got uh, Tim Riley coming out of a noon. Jim Roop later on. Scott Daly, uh, top five, and so forth. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Radio Program. CNN Radio Correspondent, the one and only Steve Kastenbaum in New York City. Hello, sir, and how are you today? Having a good day. How's Friday. life? How are things in the Big Apple? It's Friday. And lots of free food in the bureau here, so I'm very happy. You know, why do you have to boast? Why do you always have to call up and tell us about all the free food you're getting? When I, when I've just got uh, nothing. I've got to, you know what we get here? Here's when the guy comes in, and don't get me wrong, uh, we love the vending machine guy because he stocks uh, Viso, which is one of our favorite beverages. He puts the occasional uh, tiny bit of health food in there. But he comes in, and he'll give us, uh, he'll stock the vending machine back up, and then on the table, just as an inducement, sort of like the crack dealer who gives you a free sample, he'll leave like two bags of like some weird, bizarre Doritos flavor that they've just started, you know, what's this? Well, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's chili carrot blueberry hazelnut toffee ranch. Have a free bag. You know, that's it. That's the free food we get here. What have, what have you got that's free today, Steve? I think they do it, though, you know, to get me sounding like I'm a member of a cult because, you know, I tell people how great CNN is all the time because mm -hmm. there's always free food around here. Um, that's just an indication, by the way, of how sad the radio world is that the prospect of being able to eat occasionally more often. Is, is it, really? There's food? I, oh, God, i got to go work there. That's really how bad radio is. That the idea that you might work someplace where they feed you once in a while is just... Yeah. Makes you tear up. Well, what have, what have you got? 
we have some like really good gourmet pizzas for lunch, and then uh, you know I'm very fortunate in that the radio studio is situated here right next to the American Morning Staff, you know the morning show on CNN. Uh-huh. And the last Friday of every month, they treat their staff to a catered uh, breakfast, so they let me uh, mooch on that. Can I just tell you that as you said gourmet pizza, Sarah sh- uh, Sarah angrily shoved the microphone away from her, and she just <laughs> you are dead to her now. I ate pizza every day I was there. Did you really? I really did. Now she went to um, she went to uh, uh, Lombard. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Grimaldi's, which is the place under the Brooklyn Grimaldi's Bridge. Grimaldi's, and I went to Lombardi's. Lombardi's, which is the very first pizzeria in the in America. And I went to uh, the one right across the street from Lombardi's that made uh, like this. It was like vodka, like vodka crust or something. It was really, really good. There's my uh, wife and I. Yeah. We went to Lombardi's and we stood outside for like 90 minutes to get into that place because it's the first pizzeria in America. Then we went to Grimaldi's, which is under the Brooklyn Bridge, which is great. That was a big ass line. That was line. amazing. It was oh, really we, good. for some reason, for some like we got there a freak time and we got there completely empty and about five minutes later the line was around the block. Yeah, it's, it's insane. And then the other place we went, I mean, and we you know, and then we've gone to other you know a million little, I mean, any pizza is good pizza. But we went to uh, Grimaldi's, Lombardi's, and then the other place we really enjoyed was in Harlem, uh, Patsy's. Um, oh, yeah. And Patsy's is fantastic. We went to Patsy's because, A, it's really old, and, B, because I am a, uh, you know, 34-year-old, uh, you know, suburban American male, it's I had to go there because it's where Sinatra always used to eat. And I guess to this day, I guess it's where Frankie Valley still goes to eat. Um, I was going to ask you, how'd you get in there? Because sometimes it's really hard to even just get a table on certain nights. We went really late at night, pretty close to closing on, like, an off night. It was, like you know, like a Tuesday uh, so we didn't go on a weekend, and we didn't go during peak time. We went very late at night, early in the week, so it wasn't like a Friday or Saturday night. And it was still pretty crowded, um, but it was great. And there was on the wall, there was like the big picture of like, here's Frank Sinatra just hanging out, having a slice. And I, and I was reading the New York Times the other day, and they were t- interviewing Frankie Valley, and apparently Frankie Valley eats there once a week. So yeah. it was a cool place. It was really it's, it was really great. So anyway, so. I know, I know you like good restaurant tips, so uh, uh, let me tell you, the next time you're in New York, there's, there, there is one pizzeria that does not get as much publicity because, you know, they're just not like these other places that, that all tour groups go to. It's John's Pizza on Bleecker Street in the village. John's Pizza, Bleecker Street. We're all writing it out. Everybody no, I'm sure that I ate there because Heather and I were wandering Bleecker all the time and stopping for slices. Yeah, they, they have one of those brick ovens, and they make the really thin crust pizza with the the buffalo mozzarella and ah, oh, it's really good. Now see, I can. Yeah, why don't you go quench that hunger by walking like four feet to your left and getting some more of that gourmet pizza, you bastard? Ah, <laughs> uh, all right, that's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm not bitter much. Um, <laughs> hey, let me let me ask you this: What is, is there some sort of a is there some sort of a problem with New York taxis that they need to have everybody there stamped with some sort of a microchip so their movements can be tracked? What's what's going on in your city, my friend? Well, this judge just ruled against this taxi driver's organization who felt that it was a violation of their First Amendment rights to require them to have this new screen in the back of the cab uh, that has GPS on it, and it also gives the, uh, the um, passenger the ability to pay with a credit card. I just happened to be in one of these cabs that already installed it a couple of days ago. And it's really kind of cool. There's a screen on there, and you can see a map of where you're going, you know, yeah. and you can punch in an address and see where it is, and you can sort of see, you know, your start point and your destination. And uh, then there's all sorts of other stuff. You can watch, you know, you can read the weather forecast. It'll bring it up. You can watch a little pre-recorded newscast from one of our local TV news stations. And then there's other information, you know, everything, you know, a tourist might want to see in the back of a taxi. And then there's a little thing you can pay in a credit card. But the taxi driver's... They're 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 sounding paranoid. I think the Taxi and Limousine Commission is going to track their every movement by having this uh, 
GPS capability in their taxis, and they don't want it. Well, I mean, look, I, I don't mean to sound like some sort of Orwellian enthusiast or whatever, but, I mean, it's not like they're tracking you. Like at, at at night when you're you know deciding to go out to you know to the you know for a drink I mean this is you're on the you're on the job as they say you're on the clock and frankly I mean I, not like I know my way around New York City but it might make me feel just a little bit calmer to have that GPS because I swear to you there are moments when I felt like the taxi driver and I were equally lost there would I remember trying to get to Amsterdam Street one time and I forget where my starting point was. But we were trying to get to Amsterdam and uh, Amsterdam Street and, Amsterdam and yeah Amsterdam Avenue and the, 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 the driver and I and my passenger by the way the guy that I was riding with had been born and raised in New York and he was having trouble telling the guy how to get there the guy English probably his ninth language spoke it very poorly and it really was like a bad sitcom where the three of us are all shouting at each other trying to figure out how to get to Amsterdam Avenue nobody knows nobody can figure anything out. And the guy just sort of finally, arbitrarily, it seemed, picked a direction and just lurched off that way. And we had no idea where we were. And, I mean, it seems like anything, I mean, because yours is a city that thrives or runs very, very heavily on tourist dollars. Oh, yeah. And anything that's going to make, uh, you know, make that a little easier, it seems like that's a thing that the city fathers really ought to be, uh, ought to be doing. But the, so the judge ruled in favor of the taxi drivers? No, against the taxi drivers, ah, because the city has the right to do this. One of the other things some of the taxi drivers told me is that they don't like the credit card thing because with cash, passengers tend to round up to the next dollar right. uh, when giving a tip. Sure. Whereas with the credit card, they think they're go they're they're going to get shorted that they'll just add on you know two or three dollars, and so they'll you know each each passenger maybe fifty cents less, and and it adds up. So that's one other concern. But I got to be honest, this idea of them being tracked is, is kind of far-fetched because the city can't even get a pothole on my street filled <laughs> in a reasonable amount of time. The idea of somebody sitting there and tracking all 13,000 taxis in New York all the time is just ridiculous. Well, they all it's because they've all seen Enemy of the State, and so they all think Jack Black is sitting in a room somewhere. Uh, you know, I have friends who are like the friends who are just convinced uh, that they're like I, you know, when I, and we've talked about this a lot even before the last vacation. But you know, the UK it has uh, what a camera for every 14 people or something in London, and um, you know, but but the idea that they could possibly hire enough guys just to sit there and watch every one of those screens is just absurd. I'm not saying it's not a little creepy to, to be on camera, but I mean, really, honestly, you you nailed it. I mean, the government of any city, especially one as big and as populous as New York, is just so ill organized. That I, I don't even really know that if they wanted to be actively evil, I don't even know that they have the workforce to do so. You know what I mean? They'd have yeah. to outsource the evil. <laughs> and I, and I, can I can understand a little bit, though, uh, the, um, the driver's uh, reaction, those who are, who are Muslims, because a lot of these guys, you know, they, they, they pray five times a day, so they go to a mosque or they go somewhere to pray or they have like a some, – some of them even go to the back of certain restaurants in the city – and maybe they're fearful that, you know, the New York City Police Department uh, has a very active joint terrorism task force with the FBI. So maybe they're worried about being, sur you know, under surveillance or maybe. something like that. Hey, did you, just as a brief side note before we go, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if he's an American astronaut or not. I, I didn't read far enough into the story, but there was a story that came out yesterday on Dig that I was reading. There was, it's one of those stories that is just, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just one of those things that 
you, you know, whoever it is in any faith, you know, they never think of these things because how could you? There was a um, Muslim astronaut who's he's all concerned about how is he going to be able to to face Mecca when he prays when he's orbiting the Earth in geosynchronous orbit, and it was a whole and it was a fascinating article. I think it might have actually been in the New York Times, but it was a fascinating on the web anyway. It was like long, it was three pages long, where this Muslim is trying to figure out how he shall face Mecca from space. And I mean, they, they had like everybody. I mean, they, they had it on the one hand, they had um, imams or whatever, you know, these holy men, and then also these astrophysicists all sitting at a table with like with like a compass and a blueprint and like a level and like a magnifying glass, trying to figure out exactly how that works. So it's all it is a strange world we're living in, my friend. He's gonna have to angle himself downward in a certain trajectory. Uh, yeah, I mean, and somebody uh, somebody on the message board made made a really obvious point, which I hadn't thought about. They said that you know. They said, really, if you consider the fact that the Earth really is round, really either direction you face while on Earth, you are, in fact, facing Mecca. It's just a question <laughs> of how, from how far away. All right. Enjoy your weekend, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. See you. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen, in New York City. I dig that guy. I'm not afraid to say it out loud. I know. I'm still just sad that I didn't get to meet him while I was there. Well, that's a, it's motivation to go back next time. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. Well, let's take these calls. If we have a second, we might do the halo thing, but uh, I don't know. I'm not sure yet. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir, madam, as the case may be. Hey, it's Peter from Nickel Arcade. Peter from Nickel Arcade. How are you? Peter. I'm doing great. I'm just calling to say that we're going to write a Britney Spears song. Oh, you're going to write a Britney Spears death song? Oh, yes. Excellent. Now, is, it, is the song going to be... From from the point of view that she's already dead, so it's so you're you're prepared. I it is, and I've I've been thinking about it for a few minutes here. I think what we're going to do is just come up with some horrific way that she dead, and the song she, she, she did. It will be. Sorry. Britney dead. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it'll be. That's what it'll be called. Um, no, it'll be, it'll be be the telling of her death, of how she passed. Oh. Now are you gonna? Now is it? Are you gonna try to make it? How do I put this? Are you gonna play it straight, uh, as though it were? Uh, I hate to use the word ironic, but are you gonna sort of play it straight, like it isn't like it? You're gonna sing it right, record it, whatever, as though it were a legitimate death song. Or are you gonna make it sort of wacky and over the top? Well, I believe it'll be somewhere in between because it's not gonna be any like uh, you know wah 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 or anything in it, All but. Right. Uh, but, uh, but, I mean, how could you think about Britney Spears dying and have it be completely serious? I don't know. I don't. I just, I love the idea. I don't know why. This appeals to my sense of the perverse. And, and also, it appeals to, not to be too philosophical about, you know, what is kind of just a silly concept. It appeals to this whole sense that the culture now moves so fast that, in a way, I guess I am sort of, it sounds like I'm stoned in my dorm room. In a way... It really is sort of emblematic of our society, the idea that, look, Brittany, I'm sorry, we don't have time for you to actually die. So we're, if it's all the same to you, look, we're just going to write the song and release it now. We know you're going to die soon. Maybe it's tomorrow. Maybe it's next week. We know it's going to be sometime in first quarter 08. So our marketing department, because can't you see somebody like in just the very near future in her marketing department sitting down at her, sitting down with her advisors at a staff meeting going, look, now marketing and music is already coming up with the Britney Spears death song. Now, do you know when she's planning and dying is it final quarter 07 or first quarter 08 because if we could get the marketing machine itunes is on board they're going to make it special uh, the first thousand purchasers on itunes will get a copy of the death certificate but if we could get rolling on the song now that would be free. so if you could just give it you know just like a window about when she's going to die that would just be thank you so much that'd be such a great thank you you're no you're, you're a peach i mean you can just see that so i love the idea 
that we're just not even going to wait for her to actually die. We're just going to get right in and write the post-death song now, you know? I'm just stoked because it's going to be like a, sp- a straightforward, very fantastic major chord pop song. Fancy? No, you had me. You had me at major chord pop. Fantastic. God bless you, sir. All right, uh, MySpace.com/slash Nickel Arcade. That's uh, Nickel Arcade sucks. <laughs> you are the best thing ever. Excellent, Peter from Nickel Arcade. Thank you, my friend. Keep us in the loop. We will try to have it to you by Monday. God bless you, sir. Yeah, these kids today. Awesome. So, so full of energy. They're such a good band too. I wanted to, they played it at Satyricon the other week. Really? Yeah, I think like they're not even old enough to them. drink. <laughs> That's so cute. I'm a loser. <laughs> they're like they're all. I mean, they're like 12. And they got a record, and they're gonna, you know, they got gigs and shows and whatnot. And God bless them. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Everson show. Hello. Hey, Rick, uh, Tim, it's Mel and Brian from the Grove. Uh, it's my day off just sitting here drinking, and I uh, thought so I'd call you and let you know I went to that cabaret last night. Oh, is it good? It's incredible. I mean, I ask, is, I ask, is it good like it could not be, but I mean. Well, yeah, I mean, everybody in the in the show does a great job, and I mean, uh, Ian McClone, who's the lead male character, plays the uh, MC. It's just a part written for that man, and and Storm. I mean, what can you say? She, she she did a great great job. I was a little apprehensive after reading the articles in the whole week and the Tribune and stuff, but uh, you know what? No worries, my friend. It's just you guys have to go see it. Yeah, you read a uh, 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 good friend Byron Beck wrote the the, the cover story with it, yes. and we really keep going on about this. But that artwork is uh, just amazing uh, in the Willamette Week, and it's uh, who was I talking to? I was it maybe it was Sarah, it might have been Susan Reynolds, maybe both. We were talking about how that article. You know, not that, not, not to be the latest guy adding a stick of kindling to the weight on those shoulders, but you know, there's just a lot. You know, I think kind of, you know, a lot of preparation went into this, and there was, uh, you know, and it was just a lot of media exposure. You know, that adds to the pressure, and uh, you know, and there's there's a whole lot of, you know, I think expectations put on everybody involved in that. And of course, Storm is the mm-hmm. one because she has a very public persona. She's the face that they put out there, and they're like, "Can Storm Large single-handedly support this show?" Exactly. Which will almost Girl. certainly fail if she doesn't live up to expectations, you know. And it, it just feels so bad. Um, but I mean, I, I say knocking wood, uh, you know. But obviously, everybody knew that. I mean, you know, when you need it done right, you you call Storm. So apparently, she apparently she's hitting it out of the park. So good for her. I mean, and, and you know, reading the article, you expect you expect it to be a, a meltdown in the middle of the presentation, or like you know, somebody goes off and blows a fuse or something. But uh, no, it's I mean, the staging is awesome. That theater is beautiful. Uh, there isn't a bad seat in the house, and I just recommend if you. I mean, they're running through. I think the beginning of November now they've extended yeah. it, and it is just I've I've never I never saw the movie. I've never seen the play, so I went in knowing the general storyline, but not the whole story. And uh, it's powerful. I mean, Excellent. it's just, it's awesome. So everybody go see it. Uh, support Storm, support local theater. And uh, that's it. Best show ever. I'm out. Thank you, sir. Yeah, we're all going to, we're going to try to go see that sometime in the next week or two. Trying to make a whole, uh, make a whole evening of it. So, I mean, we knew she'd be great, but it's like, you know, you just, well, I guess I'm you're not supposed to say. for her, I know. Yeah. And in the theater, they're very, you know, people in the theater are very superstitious. You're not even allowed to say the word Macbeth, for Christ's sake. So people, the theater people are very superstitious. And so I think we were all like, we don't want to go, she'll be great, do it. There's, it's fail, fail proof. You know, there's just no way, you know, and like you're not supposed, like in the theater, you're not supposed to say, that's why you say break a leg, you're not supposed to say good luck. Mm-hmm. And it's just, uh, but I mean, yeah, it's I mean, from all accounts, all the early, you know, the, the previews, you know, the, everybody who's seen it so far, it's just apparently she's just nailing it and everybody's well, fantastic. Well, just oozes charisma and she, you know, 
She turns every woman into in, in the room into like somebody who wants to all of a sudden become a lesbian. Yeah. Average friend I've ever bought, brought to her shows. It's very uncomfortable. Can maybe, I meet her? Maybe free. <laughs> That's uh, M E E T, by the way. Yeah. Uh, let's get the one more. Hi, you're on the Rick. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey. Hi. Yeah, I geek, this is Brad. I geeked out enough that we bought another set of tickets for uh, later in November or whatever, toward the end, Excellent. so we could sit up close. But hey, do you think on the Britney? Thing. You know how most newspapers, magazines have the trio bit for yeah. like Carson and everything else? Totally. They have them writ up, written up for Britney already? Oh, absolutely. Tim, you would agree with that. They have a Britney's obit already written. I think so. I would. If they haven't, I'll start one. Okay. And I'll, I'll have Scotty start a second one as a backup. <laughs> Let's all start a Britney obituary. Um, yeah, because... I mean, it's not just um, it's not just old people. It's not just pre-written obituaries are not just for Bob Hope anymore. Like you know, they've had one for Andy Dick for like ten years, probably mm-hmm. just sitting in a drawer. Andy Dick died of you know what a car crash, and then they just, and then they publish it. So yeah, it's undoubtedly already written. So I like an early copy of that. See what you know. What are the three or four different things they have at the end that you just delete or add the one that it is? Yeah, they'll mm-hmm. well, and you know, and as they go along, every time something like the VMA meltdown happens, uh, they you know they'll tag that on at the end of it. But I mean, th- th- nothing in the past that she's done is going to change, so it becomes easier and easier to write it. I mean, you know, you just you know, you have the whole '99 where she was whatever that was '1999 where she was a huge hit, and then. Justin Timberlake, and then whatever her, whatever, you know, kids, K Fed, uh, Shaved Head, uh, Rehab, uh, Comeback, VMA, Showed Her Vagina, uh, you know, whatever. And then that's it, and you're done. And then if she does anything else, you add it, but it's, I mean, it's, it's already done. You just need to do like the last. They probably even already got the sort of um, coda part of it written, which is where, the, you know, your friends and associates say they wish they could have done more to save her. And then they talk to the bodyguard who's like, well, I don't know. I mean, we did everything we can, but when a person seems bent on uh, self-destruction, sometimes you just have to leave it in the hands of the Lord. And uh, hopefully Brittany's in a, a place now where she knows, uh, knows a little peace. And then, you know, all they have to put in is, like, the cause of death and, you know, the, how she was found. So there you go. All right, there he goes. Our good friend Brad. Thank you so much. All right. That weird ringing in my head. I hear that. Back. I hear that, too. It's only in the right channel. You hear it in the, is it the right no, channel? No, I just hear it. I hear a low hum. Yeah, see, it, it, it's like an open channel somewhere. All right. Well. And you always say that, and there are no open channels. <laughs> this, oh, never mind. Never mind. Um, it's like we used to screw with a friend of mine. We'd go, he would, we would always, um, we'd always give him a little crap because he wouldn't wear earplugs to go see shows. And we're like, dude, you're going to be deaf someday. And so, so occasionally we would screw with him. We'd all come out of a show, and we'd take our earplugs out, and he wouldn't. And we'd just start talking like this. And we would all just sort of look at him and move our mouths and just kind of whisper. And um, and he would just never, uh, yeah, see, I'm already getting email from drama nerds. Don't say Macbeth! Yeah. Why are you not supposed to say Macbeth? You're not supposed to You're not supposed to say Macbeth, 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 <laughs> uh, because it's bad luck. You're supposed to call it, look, and, let me just preface this. I say this. Oh, as, God. No, no, no. I'm just saying. I say this as a man. I took drama multiple years in high school, as you probably would have guessed. Um, I took drama. I know what a scrim is. I know what's upstage. I know what's downstage. Uh, I know, uh, you know, I know what a Fresnel light is. Uh, I, in fact, was in Macbeth. I have spent more than my share of time on stage uh, speaking from the diaphragm to reach the back of the hall. So I say this as a drama dork myself. 
but it, it's just retarded. You're supposed to call it the Scottish play. What? You're not supposed to say Macbeth. Macbeth? Macbeth. You're Macbeth. Not, you're not supposed to say it. You're never supposed to say Macbeth. And you think I'm making it up. How are you not supposed to say that? No, everybody's going to scream that at Storm when she takes the Oh, please don't. No. Don't, no. Because she'll, no, you know, she'll step off the stage. No, she'll step off the stage and you beat your face. ass. Yeah. She will come down and shatter your spine. No, you're not supposed to I'm say Macbeth. You're supposed to call Macbeth. Well, like ever or like in the... In the pres- I think in the presence of actors like these people listening now who heard me say Macbeth... You're not, you're... Or Tim Riley, for example. Yes. Tim is an actor, so we shouldn't say Macbeth around Tim I think it's Tim been Riley. said to me several times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're never supposed to say Macbeth. You're supposed to call it the Scottish play. And the there, Scottish play. The there is, because actors are, you know, because it's just dense. Um, and look, don't... I, and, uh, what? No, 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 I'm saying, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm putting myself right in... Look, I remember... This is how, and you know, you know me. I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a dyed in the wool. Uh, I don't spark an argument with Joni, but I'm a dyed in the wool agnostic. I, I have no, I have no religious belief okay. of one kind or another. But I did that thing every time I did a play of standing in a circle and doing a prayer to Saint Genesius, who is, of course, the patron saint of. Let's see if I can remember this now. Saint Genesius, who is the patron saint of beggars, lawyers, whores, and actors, um, and so. Starting in high school, we would just stand in a circle, and this is a public high school. Most of us, at least non-practicing, some many of us non-believers, standing in a circle and saying prayers to Saint Genesius, because Saint Genesius is the patron saint of actors. So, which I think continued all the way up through some of the bigger than Jesus. I'm backstage out of habit doing the Saint Genesius pray for us, you know, which is, I mean, because it's what you have to. It's like a rule; you have to do it. It's a rule, just like not saying Macbeth. There is a whole episode of the Britcom Blackadder. Uh, which is fan, which is centered around uh, Ben Curtis did that. I think he's one of the guys who went on to do Love Actually, but he did the show Blackadder, which is one of the best sitcoms in history, far better than Faulty Towers, and which is heresy to say. But there's a whole episode where Blackadder uh, is in the presence of two actors who are teaching the king how to be a better speaker, teaching the king how to speak more fluidly to the people, and. Um, <laughs> So Edmund Blackadder, who detests actors, the character just detests, and it's Rowan Atkinson, the Mr. Bean guy. Mm-hmm. He just his character, he just detests actors. So he was, is it true that I am not to say Macbeth? And the actors flinch, and I'm doing a bad version of telling, but the actors flinch and they go, "Please, sir, you may not call it. Please do not utter the name of the Spanish, of you know, of the Scottish play." And he pauses. He goes, "You mean Macbeth? No, don't know the Scottish play. You mustn't." You mean the Scottish play Macbeth? You know, and, then she, and over the course of the episode, they just completely have a meltdown because he keeps saying Macbeth. So, which is the name of the Scottish play? That is so weird. What, Macbeth? Yeah, Macbeth. <laughs> we should. I feel like a bad person now. We should take a break. We'll come back after this. Uh, it is the Rick Emerson radio program. We return next with Tim Riley. Don't go anywhere. Macbeth. Why, hello. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503 733 2970. 503 733 This email says, Rick, quit saying Macbeth. I also went to a public high school. We did a prayer before every show. Now, quit saying Macbeth. 
By the way, he says, I actually slipped up one time during a behind-the-scenes uh, tour at an Elizabethan theater in Ashland. They had a giant cauldron from the Scottish play. By the Scottish play, he means Macbeth. And I slipped and said, sweet, Macbeth is my favorite play. The actor giving it, giving us the tour gave me a stink eye and told me to leave. Um, by the way, do you have, is my computer up? I do have that sequence from Blackadder. Um, so this is from Blackadder the third, which is the third series of Blackadder, uh, or season, as we say in America. And um, this, I believe this clip is about a minute long, and I believe this is the clip where there are two actors there who have been brought in to teach, uh, to teach the king how to speak. Uh, and Blackadder hates actors, and so he keeps saying Macbeth. And every time he says it, there's like a little chant they have to do to get rid of the spell. And it's something, it's like hot potato something something blah will make amends. It's like a little chant that they have to do every time he says Macbeth to break the curse. You should have knocked. And of course, the, and of course, just but final observation. And of course, the actors are just so unbelievably pompous and stupid and like over the top, and they're all like made up. And... Oh my God, I shall. <laughs> Lest you continue in your quotation and mention the name of the Scottish play. No, never fear, I shan't do that. <laughs> By the Scottish play, I assume you mean Macbeth. What was that? You were exorcising evil spirits. Being but a mere butler, you will not know the great theatre tradition that one does never speak the name of the Scottish play. What, Macbeth? Ah! Oh, take your office's horse, but to make amends. Ah! Oh, Lord, you mean you have to do that every time I say Macbeth? Ah! Oh, take your office's horse, but to make amends. Ah! Will you please stop saying that? Always call it the Scottish play. So you want me to say the Scottish play? Yeah. Rather than Macbeth. Ah! Oh, take your office's horse, but to make amends. Ah! This, by the way, the hullabaloo guy is the guy who plays House, Dr. House on House now. Shouting and screaming and yelling blue murder. Why, it's like a play we saw the other day. What was it called? Uh... Macbeth, sir? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It was, it was called Julius Caesar. Oh, yes, of course. Julius Caesar. Not Macbeth. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you want these people to stay? There you go. So, Pantsa, there's Blackadder, ladies and gentlemen. At the Ministry of Truth, it's uh, Tim Riley. Time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Well, Bucky the Deer will be released back into the forest. Uh, state officials plan to release the young Buck, seized from the Malala family, by the end of next week. The deformed doe named Snowball, that was removed at the same time, will remain in captivity either with a licensed wildlife facility person or under an agreement that will return her to her Malala family. Under Oregon law, it's illegal to capture and hold most wild animals. So they're not going to make any exceptions. Uh, then we have the uh, top story, that missing woman, missing for eight days, apparently she was on her way home from her job at Fred Meyer, and she drove into a ditch in Renton, Washington. Uh, she was found uh, trapped in the bottom of the ravine. She's been here that, the whole time she's been missing. This is miraculous that she's still alive. No food and water for several days. And then they had the deputies do such a great job finding her. Just, just luck. 
This seems to happen a lot, where people fall into ravines and then they're there for like a week and a half before yeah. anybody discovers them. It, it's it's tough for people to imagine. Well, once you get outside the city, I mean, it's well, you look at the map. There's no population outside oh. the, the major areas, and you are. It's like. Cowboy and Indian times here. It's a really great and weird thing about Portland, which could be a little freaky, actually, that you're in Portland, but you drive 20 minutes in any direction, and it's like you're just in a whole lot of nowhere. Yeah. Um, I remember going out to see uh, our uh, good friend Mike Everhart, uh, who lives out of Malala, uh, and I had gone out because he was... Home of Bucky the Deer. Home home of Bucky the Deer and the woman who sold me the hedgehog. Snowball. Um, he, was, uh, he was getting rid of some records in his collection. He wanted me to come out and look through his vinyl and, and take whatever records I wanted and blah, blah, blah. So, um, and, of course, I don't know how to get any where especially some places, no offense, God forsaken is Malala. And by God forsaken, I don't mean it's a bad place. I mean, God doesn't know it exists. It's so far off the grid. So I have my GPS with me. And, you know, if you have a GPS, it, uh, as the New York City tax drivers are going to discover, it shows you every every street you're passing, every intersection you're passing. It shows you different colors for where there's a re- you know, residential area, where there's a highway, where there's a whatever. You get out in the middle of Malala, and it's like... You, on the GPS, it's just like a little dot representing your car and then just an endless swath of green screen. There's just nothing. There is nothing. There is no one. I mean, it's, it can be a little terrifying. So anyway, this, this lady's husband was trying to get the cops to do a little bit more legroom where, where it can find her. And then they suspected that he had something to do with it. So they're getting ready to have him take a polygraph test this morning when they found this woman. So they thought he was behind it. But uh, apparently, well... Can you do? Where do you start looking for somebody once they disappear? I have no idea. Well, there's a look. Tim Riley's missing somewhere in the outskirts of Oregon. I mean, really, this thing is you. It's wider than California. Oh, yeah, you'll never find. Well, that's what they they, they keep. I can't believe they never found a trace of D.B. Cooper after all these. I mean, yeah. how do I put this? Oregon is big. Oregon's a big place, and the um, the, the ratio of Oregon that is still largely. That's why when well, most of it is useless. Wait, what you get outside with the, the desert part? In every way. Yes. So that starts at about 82nd, by yes, the way. Yes, I believe so. <laughs> it, it keeps going to Idaho and continues till you get to Chicago. Indeed. That's exactly what I was going to say. Um, but, you know, every, you'll hear these people, look, at, we're running out of trees in Oregon. We've got a plant, but we're not running out of trees. Ask this woman if we're running. Ask this woman if we're running out of tree space. Um, we're not running out of trees. We're not running out of green area in Oregon. There's plenty of room for everyone. You could hide hundreds of thousands of bodies uh, just in Malala alone. I mean, just in that area. Not that I'm encouraging you to do that, mob enforcers of Portland. But seriously, you, you, you could do that on Powell and 82nd too. I you just prop it up in a Mac station, duct tape it to a sign, no one ever look yeah. at it. Uh, really, honestly. And again, I'm not suggesting that you should do this, but if you had a body you wanted to get rid of, I mean, hey, why are you listening to me? I'd, it's time to hustle. Cross the bridge, you go to the east side, first thing. If you had something you had to bury, you want anybody to find it, you don't have the idea that you have to drive to Juneau, Alaska and stick it in a hole in the ground. You just go out to Malala, and there are just, I mean, even land people own mm. just thousands of square acres that no one is ever going to look at or investigate. No one's ever going to look to see why a small lump is on the ground. It's never going to happen. No. So, there you go. See, my, my rule of thumb is if I'm driving around, I can no longer see the towers on the hill. I know I've gone too far. Exactly. That's the canary in the coal mine. You know that you've strayed off the path. Yep. I get unnerved when the sun goes down and I, um, and I can't see city lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because here, especially during uh, the fall when there's cloud cover. And the sun goes down, but then the clouds reflect the city light. And you can sort of see that dome of light over the city. Uh, every so often, maybe once a year, 
Laura and I will sort of float this idea to ourselves, like, well, maybe we should move out to Malala or Silverton or something just so people will leave us alone, just so no one can find me or talk to me, so Jehovah's Witnesses can't come knock on my door. But, you know, one good night out on the country An will cure murderer. that. Yeah. We'll uh, knock on your door just once. Yeah. And then I will be the small mound on the ground. One good night in the country will cure you of the desire to live there, I think. Because it's as Bruce Willis says in Last Man Standing, uh, after dark, I need lights overhead and concrete under my feet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the most evil people on the Ponderosa will be knocking on your door. And will not be able to I was just... We're really in sync today because I was you were going to go hop sing. I was going to go the Haas route. Oh, that's acceptable. I was going to say that Haas will not be there to save the day. Well, we in town of Virginia City, <laughs> wearing a Trying huge to deal with the mule, <laughs> wearing a huge plastic bag badge that just says Texas in huge letters. Oh, wonderful! All right. So apparently, a Multnomah County employee was uh, stealing petty cash at fifty dollars a pop until they got all the way to fifty thousand uh, dollars. For many months, the employee wrote herself, or oh, it's a lady, checks for a fund intended to help people participate in a federally funded hepatitis C study. So they got all the way to $50,000 before it was detected at 50 bucks a pop. So it was going on for a while. The new controls in place, so this will never happen again, I'm sure. Sure. Scotty, why have you typed on the screen, we ran out of Budweiser? What does that mean? Why have you typed that on the screen? Why, who and when? Why have you typed on the screen, we've run out of Budweiser? Don't feel the need to. Whatever. Here's Tim Riley. Well, a uh, woman who had her tongue pierced nearly died. This woman lives in Des Moines, Washington, wherever that is. She is Lacey Pelosa. She said the inch-long metal bar nearly put her six feet under. It almost killed me three times. She recently had her tongue pierced at a nearby shop. Just days after that, her tongue swelled up. Her friends rushed her to the emergency room. The next thing she remembers is waking up a month later with tubes poking out of her nose. I had my family see me hooked up to machines and wires because of this barbell. It turned out to be an aggressive infection. Spread an aggressive the, infection. Spread from the point of the piercing. It had ravaged her body. The bacteria in her mouth crept into her bloodstream mm. through a hole punched in her tongue. There was a miracle I'm alive. She dropped 32 pounds. I'm not sure if that makes her look better or not. I don't have her picture. Well, what with the raging bacteria covering all of her skin? Wow. And... Her medical bill is top $500,000. In your face and tongue and your blood. That's like when they tell you those stories about Sarah's biting her tongue down. You never had your tongue pierced, right? No. No. She had her tongue pierced in Everett, too, so that might mean... In Everett, really? With a branding iron. Hold on, let me... I'm not allowed to judge. I got mine pierced at a vanilla ice concert. (laughs) That's that's in Everett that they just look around for a paper punch. Hold on, do you have one of those... Do you have one of those staple remover things from upstairs? The the thing about... That's like those stories you always hear, which are not fallacious, but are probably very... um, uh, rare. You would always hear these stories about how if you get a cavity in one of your teeth and you don't fix it, that it'll go into your bloodstream and kill you. I heard that. And I, yeah, see, I'm not saying it never happens. Sometimes it happens kind of rarely because my head was full of cavities when I was a kid. I kept took uh, care, terrible care of my teeth. Um, but you always hear that if you get a cavity, you don't take care of it, you're going to go septic, and then they, and then you're just going to die. The man, the piercing your tongue is a bad idea. There's like a big artery or vein or something in there, isn't there? Isn't there some huge? I mean, I'm not just like a regular blood thing. I think there's a big blood vessel or something in your tongue. Yeah. Uh, the thing I can't, the reason I can't ever do the tongue, I, I don't have anything pierced because I'm just a big pussy, but I can't, I cannot get past just the horrible popping noise it makes when they do it. That's the thing. I can't, th- that is nature's way of telling you this is a dumb idea. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, you know, whatever. 
It's worth the price you pay for trying to be edgy, young lady. Well, she has nothing against piercings, but hope her story will protect others from the suffering she has. She also suggested uh, choosing a piercing shop that is sanitary and reputable. Really? Do you think? Yeah. All right. I, I a lesson she, learned. She skipped those steps, apparently. <laughs> a lesson learned too late. Mm-hmm. So she's okay. I don't know. What about one of these nails on the floor? Sure, why not? Well, it seems that people don't care whether or not he did it. They just want to read the tales. O.J. Simpson's book, If I Did It, or in some cases, I Did It, is number two on the New York Times bestseller really? list. That surprises wow. What's number one? No, I don't know. I'll have to go look. That really surprises me. We don't get the New York Times anymore. No, uh, no, I'm sorry. That's my fault, by the way. That's my fault. I inadvertently signed you up for the six-month or three-month or whatever it was subscription. Wow. Uh, I already went by. It lapsed, and I forgot to renew it. That's no, totally right. me. That's yeah, on me. It's my bad is the kitchen. No, I'll renew it. No, 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 no honestly. No, I'll take care of it. Make that. Uh, so the thing about the the New York Times bookseller list and the O.J. Simpson thing, it's funny you say this because I was just thinking about this last night, actually. Um, I was at Amazon, and I saw that they were selling it, and I was actually thinking in my head, I was replaying the conversation I had with Jim Roop about Phil Spector, and I was actually pondering, here's the train of thought that went through my head last night. I thought, well, you know, that O.J. book is really fascinating. It is strange, I thought last night, it is strange that there's not really any buzz about it, and I don't think anybody's really buying it. Because don't you feel that way? Do you feel like there isn't a whole lot of interest in the book? I'm not saying uh, this aside, like in your gut, you sort of feel like you don't really hear people talking about it, except for us or me. You don't really feel like there's a whole lot of people really like, you know, like you don't, like it's not water cooler discussion, as they say. So I was actually thinking to myself last night how strange it was that it's the biggest trial in the history of you know, of the country, uh, and yet how weird it is that no one's buying the book, but apparently people really are buying it. That's You know who's buying that, I bet? Ew. It is all of those women who are true crime aficionados, those women who are waiting for the new Anne Rule book to come out. That's exactly who's buying this. People who read Stranger Beside Me uh, and are waiting for the new... Or maybe they're just buying it to stick it to O.J. because the money goes to Fred Goldman. Not that everybody really loves Fred Goldman, but I mean... Oh. I mean, he's... I just like him more than O.J., I do. That is the official opinion of CBS Radio News Department. Um, it, so it's just it's a little strange to me um, that, that there doesn't seem to, I'm not saying that the, the, the listing is not accurate, but it, you don't feel like there's a lot of buzz about it. People don't really talk about OJ. I guess, you know, but, you know, it, that getting busted in Vegas probably helped it, though. That that bust in Vegas probably helped the book a lot because it brought it back to the to the fore. And that creepy new cover they put on it, I mean... You know, that really that really lends itself there as well. Uh, oh, somebody knows the number one book. Hello, sir. Oh. How are you guys doing? Hey, the Greenspan book is number one right now on the bestseller list. The Alan Greenspan. Is that a book by him or about him? It's the one by him. It's, uh, oh, crap. What's the name of it? Um, I got a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. That's the one. I got a lot and of money, and I, and, I, and, I, and I bang what's-her-name. What is that? Uh, who is that girl that he uh, that he that he bangs? That journalist? Maureen Dowd? <laughs> not Maureen Dowd. Um, it's, I always want to say Judy Woodruff, but it's not Judy Woodruff. It's um, like a younger, less turkey-necked version of Judy Woodruff. Who is I that? that? I can't remember. Alan Greens. Oh, now it's going to bug me. Hold on. Stay on. Stay right there, sir. I'm Alan, Al, are you reading that book by chance? Hell no. <laughs> okay. It's got to be bad news. Alan Greenspan. Alan Greenspan. Hold on. Who is he married to? He's married to somebody here. Um, Andrea Mitchell. Yes. He's married it. to Andrea Mitchell, CNN radio correspondent, and she's kind of hot, actually. Andrea Mitchell. Let me wait. Let me click here and see if she still is in fact still is in fact hot. 
Well, there's no picture of her on Wikipedia. Well, that's unfortunate. Well, it, it says Power to the People by Laura Ingram. Grim, Grimberhan is that number Now, there's not, not a good-looking woman right there. No, no, she's Number hideous. two is giving. Andrea, number three if I did it. Number, now, now, see, uh, Andrea Mitchell is attractive. I'm looking at her right here in a nude kind of way. Yeah. All right, excellent. Thank you, sir. You betcha. All right, there you go. Um... There's a great, if you're if you're interested in Alan Greenspan and why wouldn't you be? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a great book about him by Bob Woodward called Maestro, which is pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, Andrea Mitchell, um, who's yeah, not a bad looking lady. Okay, so what what's number one, the Alan Greenspan book? What's number yeah. two? Uh, Giving by Bill. No, Laura Ingram. Laura Ingram. Ingraham or whatever it is. Ingram. Power to the people. Uh, Power to the people, which is um, well, we've talked about her. She's one of those. She's one of those like ninth tier conservative talk show hosts. You know, like if you're like if you if you're starting the fifteenth conservative station in a city somewhere, and all of the good hosts were taken eight or nine years so ago. How could she possibly have number one? This, this, the same reason she has a number one. The same reason that uh, the, the same way that Paris Hilton had hit singles and best-selling books because she has a guy who goes. In my opinion, it seems likely. In my opinion, that she just has a guy who goes and buys cases of those and then sticks them in a warehouse with the Ark of the Covenant somewhere. Um, yeah, she's just, yeah, she's ridiculous. Uh, well, and then it's what? Then it's Giving by Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. Another book that no one, who goes and buys a book by Bill Clinton where he just sits and talks about charitable works for 400 pages? That's another, I mean, I, look, I love Bill Clinton. No, no disrespect to the man and to his wife who will probably have me killed if I speak ill about either of them. But I know they're going to kill Scotty first. <laughs> Scotty's our flak jacket. Yes, he is. Scotty, Scotty, they're coming after you first. Um, but I mean... Look, if Bill wants to tell me, you know what I'd read right now? Why doesn't Bill Clinton do one of those players' books for picking up women? Do you know what I mean? You always hear those seminars. He's still married, and his wife is trying to run. Are you listening to yourself? Okay, that's true. Why would Bill Clinton? Da 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 da. Well, Rick, he is married. Well, you know Hillary Clinton wouldn't let him do that. Yeah, probably not now. Probably not. Maybe now. after the election. Maybe. I think you know, as long as it's on the down low, that's I think how that couple operates, which is fine to each their own. It's not my place to judge. Um... But I'm just saying, a book by Bill Clinton where he talks about charity work for 400 pages just sounds like, I mean, that just sounds like Somonex on the page right there. I mean, that's that's a whole lot of, you, you don't ever want to read that. And then this O.J. Simpson book. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, good for you, uh, whoever. Good for you, ghostwriter from the National Enquirer. Here's uh, the, the fifth most popular story, asked for from the New York Times, is, in Portland, the golden age of dining and drinking. Really? Yeah. Apparently, this is uh, some big dining place. In Portland? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I know the drinking part. I mean, the, the uh, you know, we have to go. Well, you can't go there, though, because they have no, there's no vegan fare. Um, this restaurant that Scotty and Sarah and I went to, it was downtown mm-hmm. uh, a couple months ago. Well, we, I'm not going. Well, we might not. They were, it was a restaurant we went to. I think we actually, we talked to you about it, and we showed you the menu. And, and all they nothing. had were, like, beans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, beans would you, would you yep, like, beans would you like, would like one, one big uh, stalk of, of, of asparagus? So, all right, here's... Well, the... we have ten courses. Just sit there and enjoy yourself for the evening. It, that happened once before. Yes, it? it did. It will never happen again. Macbeth. Mm-hmm. Here's Tim Riley. Uh-oh. Here is a warning for you, all you Lake Oswegans. That door-to-door magazine selling scam has returned to your good city. The Tennessee woman has been arrested for theft by deception, but police say she's just one of several persons operating throughout the metro area. They represent themselves as students or as raising money for their team by selling magazines. And apparently they're driving a Conoline van with a Georgia license plate, AGH-6777. Og, 
888-646-6777. Who really is buying a lot of magazine subscriptions at this point? I don't know. I mean, who people are these make people? A, well, they're home doing nothing, baking muff, muffins and cookies. Make a sweet go. Yes. Putting patches on Junior's Cub Scout uniform. All right. Wearing a poodle skirt. Oh, hey, speaking of which, I have not seen Mad Men from last I night. I haven't, so I'm not going to talk about it anyway. Okay. I'm saving it for the weekend. I have I have an observation What's about it. What's this echo that's coming through my headphones? It's the telephone, phone, oh, phone. Okay. I think this is a call from Puerto Rico, my heart's devotion. Uh, hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, Rick. This is Sarah, and I'm actually in Portland right now. Oh, this is Sarah from Puerto uh, You are a, a Storm Large aficionado. We actually had you on at one point because you were here from Puerto Rico. What's up? Uh, I just wanted to encourage everybody to go see Cabaret. I catch the I catch the Tuesday preview uh-huh. that I'm going tonight for the opening night. It's an excellent play. And Storm is just amazing in it. And so the really. uh, so you saw it on Tuesday, sort of. That was actually before it was really even officially open. It was uh, and it, and so just everybody we've heard so far. That guy called in early said it was just a fantastic. It was just one up without a hitch. It was. It was. It, you wouldn't have been able to guess that it was a rehearsal, basically, because it looked like it had been at the end of its run. That's actually. It's. That's when I went to see that Aaron Sorkin play uh, earlier in the year in San, or in La Jolla. It was technically a rehearsal night, but the, and they always warned you, they're like, well, we may have to stop this and adjust a gel on one of the lights or something. But it just went all the way through, and it was great. So, I think we're going to try to go in the next seven, ten days, something like that, to see because all the yeah, all in. I mean, you know, we want to support you know Storm and theater and all that. But, and it, but apart from all that, the indications are that it's just a great play regardless and it's pulled it off is, exceptionally it so and it's been extended you're lucky because it's been extended to november 4th excellent well enjoy portland while you're here thanks for giving thanks. us the update my oh, friend i also wanted can i mention that cleveland's going to be headlining dantas tomorrow yes oh, i wanted to mention damn, that too. damn damn i was supposed to get back to uh, me I was, too i was supposed to get back to Kristen from accounting who in turn was going to hook us up with stephanie from cleveland who was going to come on and plug the show Oh, I gotta try to do that. Maybe you're around, today. Stephanie. Stephanie, if you're listening, um, we'll talk to you maybe after the one p.m. I wonder if she has any connections to the Cleveland <laughs> well, Clinic. They, uh, the Cleveland Clinic. Cleveland, Cleveland Rock Clinic. All right, thank you, Sarah. No problem. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. The Cleveland Clinic of Rock. Ah, uh, damn, I suck. I uh, went home last night. and I got all distracted with it, uh, something else, and I didn't get a chance. Ah, oh, I was supposed to talk to Stephanie from Cleveland and set up a thing today. Oh, I'm a terrible person. Here's Tim Riley. Oh, you're not going to believe this one. Rudy Giuliani compared the scrutiny of his personal life marked by three marriages to the biblical story of how Jesus dealt with an adulterous woman. Can I tell you this? When you started this story and you said, you're not going to believe this, Rudy Giuliani compared himself to, I was going to say Jesus, but then I didn't because I thought that that would just be too much. That that would just be ridiculous. His two marriages to the biblical story of how Jesus... His adulterous man. This is just nuts. So now we're getting to the Jesus thing. And we have a few months to go. Uh, let's see. This is Somebody else sent me a Giuliani email here. Um, this is from our friend Nate. says, uh, no shame, Rick. This is just getting retarded. Rudy blames 9-11 for NRA phone snub. Let's see. Um, um, uh, let's see. Apparently, okay, I have to, I'll have to go through it. I'll have to go through and read this all the way through because there's some insane quote here. Oh, this is the same article, actually. It's from the Huffington Post, I guess. It's the same article. Yeah, Republican presidential helpful Rudy Giuliani compared the scrutiny of personal life marked by three marriages to the story of how Jesus dealt with an adulterous woman. Um, I mean, they must have worked hard to put this spin on it well, for quite a long time before it was released. Nobody could pass this test but Jesus. Nobody could pass this test but Jesus, he said. They, well, you know why? Because they're preemptively... They are preemptively putting up that, they're buttressing that wall or whatever it is that they do the with Jesus the thing. Wall. Yeah, the Jesus wall. Everybody get behind the Jesus wall, quickly. 
Well, because uh, a good part of this country is Jesus. I've seen that documentation before. Remember MoveOn.org put out that cartoon, Jesus Land? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's um, what I'm referring to. I thought maybe you meant, when you said a good part of the country was Jesus, I think maybe it was like sort of a, like he'd been cloned or something. Oh, um, perhaps. Sort of like one in one in eight members of the Galactica fleet is a Cylon. Uh, the, well, you know, but, but they're preemptively trying to fight against this character assassination, which is not really so much character assassination as it is just, you know, the truth. Truth. That he's uh, a divorced adulterer. Uh, and before he was America's mayor, before he, he was, was America's adulterer. And by the way, I don't care. I mean, I'm just going to these are the following things are simply facts. These are neither good nor bad. I suppose it just depends on what outlook. He is a Republican, Republican, a member of the grand old party who uh, is in favor of uh, gay rights, stem cell research, abortion rights, uh, has talked in the past about uh, some decriminalization of drugs. And yet we're supposed to believe that he is still a Republican. So they're clearly seeing that Fred Thompson is just going to come over the gunwale and just go after this guy with everything. So they're already trying to put out these fires that are just lit. And, and by the way, the best part of this article is... So, so why is it this Thompson guy sitting back like uh, a Democrat doing nothing about anything? Really? I mean, because he's just going to sit there and let, let them destroy Giuliani first so he doesn't have to do it. Although, here's the great thing about Fred Thompson. Fred Thompson, who Scotty's going to vote for because he's the guy from Iron Eagle 3, James Dobson. I don't think he's the guy from Iron Eagle 3. No, no, no. He's, he, he's the guy. It was somebody else with a similar name in Iron, Iron Eagle. Ah, yes. That's Iron Eagle, though. But Iron Eagle 3. No, I didn't see that one. Well, that one. So even I haven't seen that one. Uh, but I, I think we had this out the other day, that the guy in Iron Eagle... Mm. Oh, now, see, now I don't even know. Now I'm just all confused again. Well, whatever. He was, he, in Hunt for, he was in Hunt for Red October, though. Let's say that. Okay, fine. James Dobson, who's that nutcase who's in charge of Focus on the Family, he has already... Does that still matter? Well, it, it matters to Fred Thompson because James Dobson, uh, nutcase head of Focus on the Family, has already said that if Fred Thompson is the GOP nominee... Mm. Uh, that he will instruct his followers, who are brainless and do what they're told, drinking the Kool-Aid, he will instruct them to stay home and not vote. He said that if Fred Thompson is the nominee, and, you know, the, the evangelical Christians are the one who swung the last couple elections. Mm. Um, and so he, he has already said that if Fred Thompson is the nominee, he will instruct all the evangelical Christians to simply not vote. Mm. Because he says that in good conscience, he couldn't have them vote for Fred Thompson, blah, 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 blah. And that right there is enough to hand the election to Hillary. Right there. So if the so the GOP it's and I again I don't really it doesn't really matter who's elected president the same stuff is going to happen yeah it's just the same we're going to keep getting we're going to keep getting jacked in the back pocket every 15 days I mean just for the rest of and we're going to keep bombing brown people that's all we really do in this country so that's fine you know whatever it doesn't matter it's it's, it's whoever you vote for I guess it's fine what if they just use one big bomb anything. and get it over with instead of spreading it out over months and months and months <laughs> I mean isn't that it, the object, it out. isn't the objective to kill people well we have bigger bombs that can accomplish that without the, having our soldiers lose their limbs and not showing them on television afterwards. Well, that's the other thing that I don't understand. If we want to kill people, we know how to do it. And I don't, I'm not trying to be morbid about this, but doesn't it, haven't we heard, and didn't we hear all the way through the first Gulf War that we no longer had to have all these groups, that we could, we could bomb people from 4,000 miles away? Yeah. Haven't we reached the point where, like, we should be able to bomb people from, like, a Kraftmatic adjustable bed somewhere in Beaverton? Yeah. Just sit there with a joystick and, you know, I don't even understand why we have to, well, whatever. Um, but, so I just view the whole thing as just a huge NCAA big dance. That's all it is. It's just a big NCAA bracket that's going down to the final winner, and that's the only way I view it anymore. It's just for sheer entertainment and frustration value. So, But given that, if the, the GOP is screwed on every front, because if they run Giuliani, 
he will lose uh, because of his uh, his democratic stances on almost everything, and the fact that he's like a like a three times married adulterer, I believe. Um, if they run Fred Thompson, they will lose because the GOP, because Fred, the focus on the family will t- instruct their evangelical pals not to vote. He looks kind of grouchy anyway. Oh, he just looks like a guy. And, uh, to to summer, to paraphrase Henry Rollins talking about Bill Graham, he looks like Fred Thompson looks like your grandfather who loves you a lot and is simultaneously really mean to you. You know what I mean? Give me a switch. Exactly. You know, is there anything you need? You know, just like really, like loves you, but is just like, angry at you all the time. Mm. All right. Um, we're so. Well, behind. I guess boomers like that. I, I I guess. I suppose that really is all that matters now, isn't it? Well, we gotta wait till they all die out before this country changes. No, we are all for peace and brotherhood and everything else. And then when they became adults, they forgot everything. I was just the ones that screwing up this country. Speak, speaking of, do we have one mechanism that'll just get rid of a whole group of people at once? That'd be great. They're all <laughs> close to retirement anyway. This is called the Boomer Bomb. Now, what this does is. Uh, this uh, finds every pottery barn and gap in the immediate area, and uh, what it does is it just removes that faction of society. How about a pair of extendable trousers? You mean... <laughs> How about a pair of stretch pants? You'll need them. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, okay. Just just focuses right in on every Jimmy Buffett cover band in like like forty state region. All right, take a break. We'll come back after this. Um, Let's see. Well, we haven't we, done anything, really. We've done nothing. We can save it all until Monday. <laughs> More on the way, including Jim Roof, the top five, Scott Daly, uh, our good friend Storm Large uh, around the corner. We'll try to try down Stephanie from Cleveland's way. So there's the Rick Emerson Show. Here's the O'Neaters. On the Rick Emerson Show, AM 970, Solid State Radio. All right, what is this? Eco PDX? Yep, fantastic. ECO PDX. Oh, please tell me this isn't true, Scotty. Really? Okay. Guess what? I'm sorry, I'm snorting again. I can't. It's just become an autonomic function. Or what is that thing? A systolic? You gotta stop people hear it. I know. I get snort emails all the time. Tell Rick to stop snorting. I'm sorry. I used to be able to keep it in. I used to be able to keep it in, and now it's just like leaking. Well, maybe now that it's been brought to attention, maybe you'll be more surprised. Perhaps. Guess who just bought a whole bunch of magazines from those people in Lake Oswego? Who? (laughs) Are you kidding? Let's find out. I wish I knew how to quit you. This revelation about Scotty J's private life brought to you by EcoPDX. EcoPDX.com. EcoPDX.com, where you can get uh, antique furniture uh, that has actually recently been made. How do you do that? It doesn't even sound possible, you ask. Well, my chums, my amigos, here's how they do it. Uh, They get antique wood that's come out of a riverbed, or it's been trapped underground, or it's been the side of a mountain, or it's been... I don't know. It's, it's, it's been down with the Morlocks. And they bring it up and they make it into new furniture, antique wood into new furniture made by local artists and uh, at local low prices as well. So go see them at 2289 North Interstate. 2289 North Interstate or online at ecopdx.com. Ecopdx, approaching their second year as a Portland company and a proud sponsor of the Rick Emerson Show. Ecopdx. Hi, Scotty. Good morning, Hebo. So in a... What? 
sounds like a slur of some kind. I uh, I think I've seen the sign for Hevo before. Okay. I uh, so in addition to paying yeah. five hundred and forty nine dollars for your Van Halen tickets, as we discovered yesterday. You just yep. You just I totally just got scammed, and I couldn't believe it when Tim read that news. I are you can't kidding? Believe Tim, you, are you joking? Tim, do you have the story about the about the Lake Oswego magazine He's swindlers? He's not joking. No, I can see the look on his face. Here's the deal. Did you give was, him your credit card was, number? No, I gave him a check. Oh. <laughs> and I was totally upset at this guy in the first place. And I had we my have spoken about these. I had my buddies standing around me because we're building a fence and so they're like oh he's such a nice man i'm like yeah, i'm addicted right. to crash now i'm selling exactly. 50 copies yeah. of five yeah that's exactly the story you gave okay me, so too. scotty uh let's listen now tim do you want to give us just a brief background here a door-to-door magazine selling scam has returned to the lake oswego area <laughs> first the tennessee woman was arrested for theft by deception Beaverton she's too. one of several persons operating the this magazine scam. They represent themselves as students and pretty schoolgirls. They're raising money for their team by selling subscriptions. Scotty just give me this look. He's throwing up his hands in a shrug like a. How was I to know? No, no, that's the no. That was the 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 throwing up of the hands of the totally what they're doing. It's not like you were 12 feet away from a show that talked about this about a month and a half yeah. ago. How much did you give them? About ninety-eight dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for, yeah. for, for a, a what did you a, subscribe a, to? To an indefinite subscription to Oprah. It'll never end. <laughs> oh no! It'll never begin, Scotty. <laughs> You're the Turn best. It. <laughs> you are really the best hire we ever made, Scotty. You are worth your weight in platinum. Fantastic. Yeah. So be on the lookout for a big old white Econoline van. They were like totally. He came back twice because the first time I go, oh, my wife has a check. She's oh, of course, right I'd now. be coming back to your house every three, four hours. I, t- I, I told guy. him to. I told him to yeah, leave. Yeah, but he's and, and then he and, and I go, well, when's she gonna be home? And you want to be nice because they give you the old. I'm so you know innocent. And I, I knew it deep down inside. I shouldn't trust this guy. And yet, and yet, I gave him my trust. And now I'm gonna hope he hope he gets the bus. Good evening, sir. My name is Steve. I come from a rough area. I used to be exactly. addicted to crap, but now I'm off and trying to stay clean. Okay. That is why I'm selling magazine subscriptions. <laughs> Emerson Radio Program. People are just sending me emails that just say $98, followed by a huge ha ha. Big letters. All right. 500 and. Uh, what am I doing? You've got to say it in the voice. No, I'm reading a. Uh, what? <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Oh, I thought about? you were doing the. Um... The Better Off Dead $2. Oh, thing. I want my $98. Uh-huh. No. $90. I almost said 503 503-733-2970. Uh, more from Tim Riley in just a skosh, as our Asian friends say. Later on, Jim Roop, uh, Scott Daly, top five uh, artists who are nominated for induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show our good friend, the one and only, and starring now in Cabaret, Storm Large on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey. How are you? What's up, sister? How you doing? I'm all right. I'm I'm tired. <laughs> I got. I have to tell you this, and it's, and we did it all knocking on wood and did everything earlier. But we saw the piece in the Willamette we come out, and it was just so great because the, the, the cover art and it was you know a huge article and I mean really just kind of giving you all as the kids say the mad props that are your due. Um, but 
I mean, I'm the billionth person to ask you this, but it is. I mean, did you feel like they were just taking all of this, like, here's Storm, here are all of our expectations and all of our future plans. Do you mind if we just set these on your shoulders? Here you go. Just, no pressure. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I had a total nervous breakdown on uh, Sunday was the beginning of previews. They do this thing where they open up the theater to see your very first dress rehearsal, basically, and uh, I'm like, what the heck is that? I never perform in, unless, you know, you know, we we hadn't run the whole show yet right. from beginning to end. We just did chunks and bits and pieces here and there. And, and for the first time, we're going to run it with costumes and props and, and lights and sound and everything. And people were going to be there. I'm like, that is not, I don't do that. I don't do that. And they're like, well, it's a theater thing. You know, it's fun. it's going to be all theater people, just a handful of people we invite, you know. And I'm like, well, okay, I don't know. They but did it for Macbeth. So, you know. The place was packed with people. <laughs> and everything. And, and I'm running around going, oh, my God, where's my chair? Where's my underwear? Oh, my God, where's, where am I supposed to be? And I was so, and then I'm, like, crying. I was just like, oh, my God, I can't rip it off more than I could chew. And then these articles are coming out going, can Storm pull it off? And I'm like, oh, I can't. Oh, my God. What have I done? Excellent. It was I, uh, so hard. I mean, look, and here's and you like you don't need me to give you some half baked Mr. Miyagi Zen koan about this or whatever. But you know, the thing is that, and you undoubtedly are aware of this that all that stuff, I guess, is good because I've always thought that if I'm not nervous before something, then that's a bad sign because it means you don't care whether you do a good job or not. That's true. That's no, I totally agree. I still get you know a lot of musicians I know say the same thing too. If you don't. You know, people are like, oh, you must not be, you're just fearless. You probably are totally unafraid to get on any stage. And I'm like, well, I have confidence that I can pull things off on stage, but I always, always get that little in my stomach before I do any performance because I want it to be good and I want to deliver, and there's always that chance that I might suck yeah. at some point. <laughs> like, I can't suck ever. I've had a couple of moments in my life doing one thing or another where I just I didn't have any apprehension, didn't have any sort of anxiety or whatever, and those are the nights you go there and you just suck like a hoover. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah. So, anyway. So, well, it's hard. This is a hard gig, man. I thought this was going to be, you know, I'm like, oh, it can't be as hard as rock and roll touring, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you had trained or had you did you go to school to be an actor? You, you were an actress early on? Because I know that acting, was that was your original thing that was my original thing and then i went to the american academy of dramatic arts for college and i realized that i loathed actors i thought they were so freaking serious and all like into feelings and stuff just <laughs> <laughs> like oh man uh so that's when i kind of started hanging out with more musicians and the dregs of society and realized that's tim, where i belong tim riley of course is uh is the exception to this because he has no feelings so of course you and tim <laughs> would get along famously tim is a man without feelings so he'd fit right in the and you guys it's what through now you, uh, it's through november 4th here and then the show is kind of going uh elsewhere after yeah, that i'm not i'm not going they're going to rochester new york Actually, the, the show has been re-extended to November 11th now because the tickets are sell, selling so crazily. Mm -hmm. um, but the whole shebang moves to Rochester, New York in January, but I'm not going because I'm trying to, you know, i got to finish side two and, and get back to being a musician. Well, so. I was going to say, and that's the question, that's, you know, the, the thing that's sort of lurking people, like, is Storm going to leave us forever? Are we ever going to no. be able to listen to her again? So you, uh, music's still on the horizon. You get it, you finish this out and then get back to uh, get back to rocking? Absolutely, but you know, this I did this kind of as a lark to see if I could do it, and I 
I love it. And if people think I, I suck, then okay, that's too bad. But I really enjoy it. And I probably will do something like this again. But I'm still, you know, I'm a knuckle-dragging rock and roll person. And I, I can't, you know, shed that skin completely and step into a whole other life. I have to continue with the path that I've started. But there'll be forks off of it. Excellent. It's fun. Theater is really fun. It's not as it's not as fluffy and 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 embarrassing as I thought it would be. No, and and I and I'm not gonna. I won't pretend to know anything uh, about cabaret. All I really know about cabaret is the description that you gave us when you and Davey in the, were in the studio a while back. Um, but I mean, even if the character you're playing is is a lot different from yourself, I mean, the, just the chance, just a little bit of acting I've done in my life. I mean, the, just the chance to throw 100% of your energy into creating a whole alternate persona is is both exhilarating and really exhausting all at once. But it's the best kind of exhaustion, I think, if it's done right. So yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's it's such a great story, and it's got so much uh, parallel things to what's going on today with the apathy towards the, the American apathy towards a brutal administration. And granted, we aren't in the same economic strife as 1930s Berlin, you know, was. Post-World War I, Germany was hosed completely and was ripe for a dictator to rise out of that. Um, we're really spoiled in this country, but we have a horrible administration just destroying the environment and killing, as, as we like to say, just dropping bombs on brown people like, like they're trying to win a contest. Like we, like we win some sort of a prize at the end of it or something. It's like some global whack-a-mole or something. <laughs> uh, so the website is psc.org. Uh, yes. PSC as in Port... I'm sorry, I'm doing it backward PCS. again. PCS. Portland Center Stage. Portland Center Stage. PCS.org. And I imagine there's probably information uh, at, at stormlarge.com. And we had a listener who wants to know, are you in the matinee October 7th? You're doing, I mean, all the performances. You're in all I'm of them. In, I'm in everything, barring, uh, barring some horrible action or illness I'm I'm every show um, I have a wonderful understudy who I love to get drunk with she's killer and she's in the play with me so if I do happen to break uh, my be really um, careful don't let her don't let her follow you down a staircase that's a, <laughs> then it's a whole lot of then you're Gina Gershon in a hospital bed with a cowboy hat you don't want that <laughs> she'll tell you hurting me yeah exactly. no 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 she's fine she's she's great but um, no I'm in the I'm in the show for sure but I wanted to Mention the Cleveland thing. I know Stephanie sleeps really late, but if you want, I'll try to call her and get her to call in. I think somebody may have. I think Kristen may have left a message, but I'm not sure yet. Sometime, if she wants to call up later on the show and kind of give us the uh, the haps on that, that would be fantastic. We're big fans of those guys as well. I'm gonna so. try after my show. I get out of my show around 10:30 tomorrow. I'm definitely gonna try and catch him because. I love that girl. She is so hot, and that band is rocking. I saw them at Rockfest. Uh, I don't know whenever it was last month or something on the on the local stage, and they just and you could tell the audience didn't quite know what to expect, especially when there's two girls who walk out on stage. Right. And it was just like about about you fast forward to about 90 seconds later when everyone was just having their faces melted off, you oh, know, it's by so it. So awesome. All right. It's it's so awesome. Stormlarge, stormlarge.com. See her in Cabaret. The website is pcs.org. Storm, I'm going to come visit you guys on Monday. Do. The door is always open. Yay. All right, my friend. You guys take care. All right. Thank you, Storm. We'll see you Good soon. Good luck, Storm. Go. Storm Large, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Fantastic. Yeah, I reread that article about her yesterday. It's, it's really good. It's great, but it is a whole lot of like, you know, it all rises and falls with Storm. All right. Here's uh, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. So we just got the latest nominations for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and they are Madonna, the Beastie Boys, Donna Summer, and Chic. 
Okay, I have to tell you. Why chic? I was just going to say. Hit, one hit one. Well, look, and don't get me wrong. I, you, look, you know I love Madonna and all, but at what point do we stop calling this the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame if mm. Chic, Donna Summer, and Madonna are all going to be nominated for it? Chic. Is that Chic as in. Uh, dance, dance, dance. La Freak? Did they do La Freak? I think they did, yeah. Um, they did La Freak, and they did. Uh, God, what was the other song? Dance, dance, dance. Good Times? No, no, no. Are you sure uh, that they didn't do good times? Scotty might know that. Good times. Do, 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 do. I'm pretty sure that's chic. Yeah, Scotty. Scotty, who's the chic aficionado. He's you know he has every element. He's the spokesperson for Chic Nation, Tim. Um, chic, which, uh, God, who was the guy in that? Who? Niall Rogers. Niall Rogers was the, was the, the head Rogers. of Chic. The group was formed in 1976. Yeah. So, I just, I, no, I'm sorry, Nigel Rogers. It's all, um, it's, uh, it's. It was dance, 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 yowzer, 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 everybody danced, Lur Freak, I Want Your Love, Good Times, and My Forbidden Lover. It does seem, well, we'll reserve this, uh, we'll reserve this rant for later on, but the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame continues to be as effed as it ever was, as pointless, as useless, just the, uh, beyond an appendix. I mean, an appendix at least had a function at some point in the human body. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has never had uh, a purpose other than to make aging white baby boomers feel better about their own complete and utter irrelevance to the world of rock and roll. Oh, she so, was nominated two other times in 2005 oh, and Jesus. 2006 and Look, failed both times. I'm just going to say this. This is all I'm going to say and then I will reserve the rest of this rant for later on. Mm. The fact that they are, I mean, look, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to disrespect Sheik or, or Donna Summer or their place in the world, but the fact that they are nominating goddamn Donna Summer to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and they then, they yet again passed over Cheap Trick, you know, I mean, to say nothing of Alice Cooper, Kiss, whatever, you know, insert a band. I mean, I'm just gonna have to put it off till next time because otherwise I'm just gonna just gonna go go mental about it. So I gotta wait on that. Um, so Scotty J, by the way, this email says, hold on. So do you, when did we first talk about this check writing scam, Tim? Months ago. <laughs> Months ago. So Scotty's had weeks and weeks and weeks uh, to be uh, preparing for this. I guess those shows just didn't stick with him. <laughs> those were not best ofs. Those were, hey, Scotty. Scotty just walked into Hammy the Top Five. How you doing, Scotty? Yes, Rick. Hi, how doing are you? Great. How are you? <laughs> no, I'm fine. You know why? You know why I'm fine, Scotty? Because uh, you're 98 dollars richer. I yes. don't know. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, have you uh, have you closed your checking account? No, we went ahead and stopped payments. Done. See, I would. So hopefully they'll come back. I would just say at this point that you, they have your checking account number, they have your name, they have your address. Did That's you what to... I wanted to see. That look <laughs> on your face right there. Did you have to like supply a maiden name or anything? Oh, heck no, no. Okay, what kind of info? Who did they talk to, you or Mrs. J? They ended up talking to us both because they first talked to me, and then he came back. Because you'd need to talk to both a husband and wife to sell them, you know, a magazine. No, she carries the checks. I don't. Oh, I spend. and other things in a purse. Oh, I have a spending say, problem. right next to the jar. Um, okay, so, so you both signed off on the $98 Oprah subscription. Did it strike you as a little odd? I actually got another magazine with that. I got Home. Home oh. magazine, yeah, it gives you all kinds of ideas on what to do and what to what buy. What kind of does you to open it? Just a picture of you, a picture of your own house. Here you go. <laughs> does it did it strike you as odd that they were selling you quote an endless subscription to Oprah magazine for ninety eight dollars? <laughs> In did. fact, not even that. If you bought two magazines, Home and Oprah, 
If you bought a subscription to both those magazines, at any point did it strike you as suspicious that for a magazine whose cover cost is like three ninety nine, I think, they were selling you a lifetime subscription for like forty dollars? <laughs> did that strike you as strange at any at any time? Kind of did. I kind of and yet, know, scratched my head as bit. you were signing the check. <laughs> scratched your head with the ballpoint pen that you were using to give them ninety eight dollars. Tell Scotty to monitor his checking account. They probably already altered the $98 check to say $980. Ooh. By the way, Scotty, do you have your Social Security number printed on the check? No, thank Okay, goodness. good for you. Because, I, yeah, I don't do that either for the same reason. Uh, it but, says This guy says, I work to the Federal Reserve. People, A lot of people, yeah, a lot of people put their Social Security number on the check. Thank you, no, not the for other, me. The other thing Why is would you do that? Because you're, uh, you're wanting to make it easier for thieves to empty out your bank account. If anybody's listening, they, they have this glossy uh, page that's been... You know, what, what do they call it when they put the, the glossy cover over the top of the paper? It's been, it's I know the answer, but it's easier to listen to you puzzle it through. <laughs> okay, I don't know. Keep describing it. it. Plastic lamination. There lamination. you go. Please there just spell go. lamination. L-A-M-I-N-A-T-I-O-N. Well done. That's uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, by the way, is Conan the Office. Uh, supply assistant, and to hear the laminations of their women. I did watch that last. That's like night. a point zero zero one joke there. Are you guys Office fans? We're back on your ninety eight dollars, okay. Scotty. Okay. So, all right. So you canceled payment on the check. Yes. And here's the thing: if they come to your door, they work on this point system. Oh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to help uh-huh. kids that are, you know, needing help. Obviously, they're and trying I'm, to help. I'm a kids. recovered whatever. They're trying to help kids that are needing help. Yeah, because really? I, I don't know what the co- I don't know what these kids need help with. So that's why I just said kids that need help with. Did they define? Did they explain to you where the money was going? Did you say where is this money that going to? You said it's going to go to helping these uh, underprivileged kids with apparently. with what? Exactly. You know, kind of like a. What if they were not white? <laughs> kind of like a YMCA like thing, but you know something different. So I'm like, okay, Maybe whatever. that's the YWCA. This sounds really suspicious. <laughs> so, well, I was suspicious about it, but my, my fencing buddies were, like, nudging me and saying, go, go, get get the magazine. I'm like, <laughs> are sure. you kidding? I almost did. I, I go, what's the frenzy of a beer? I'm like an idiot. I go, do you take Visa? And I'm <laughs> glad that Visa? didn't, I'm glad that didn't to, happen. You tried to give them your credit card number. Yeah. <laughs> you tried to give them your credit card <laughs> number. I'm never doing them. this again. So, Attention, thieves! Seriously, yes. I mean, I think I speak for. They could have had your code on the back and I, everything. I, I speak know. for all of us here when I say I, I share, I echo these thoughts exactly. I am really disappointed in the thieves because they had, yeah, for a did. moment, they had access to all of it. They couldn't they have had it all? They're just like, oh no, nothing but cash or checks, cash, you know. Nothing but cash. <laughs> did you not? At some I'm point, sorry, it's just the way we work. Put together in your head. suspicious I'm, from the second he walked well, up in you my make, neighborhood. Can yeah. you make that check out to cash, please? Oh, sure. Why not? <laughs> it's Mr. Cash. <laughs> and I like how you try to put it right on your Dale Gribble friends who are all, now you ought to do that. Subscribe. To, get get me a nice guy. Too. Help him out. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of helping people out, by the way. I think you're just picking the wrong people to help out. Well, some people are very inappreciative. <laughs> you know, they wreck everything. <laughs> they do. I, I have a feeling that uh, one, if, if, Ethan, yeah. if Ethan, if you're out there or if you're calling right now, he can talk about this story because they came to his house, too. What, did Ethan give them money? Uh, no, he was smarter than me. <laughs> okay, here's the deal. So Everybody... pressured you into doing it? I live right across the street from my brother, and my, and my brother bought a bunch of magazines, do you live man. In, do you live in a sitcom? Do you actually live? I believe you might actually live in a sitcom. Pleasantville. 
I think you might actually be. You live across the street from your brother? Yeah. Does your brother live alone? No. He who, found the neighborhood first, okay? Who does he live with? Does your brother live with his friend? He lives with his special friend, yes. Okay. Wait, does he live with his friend? Happens to be female, by the way. Was that was that always the case? Was the female always female? Yes. Okay, just checking. All right. So, what did your brother say about all this? Okay, here's the deal. Uh huh. I'm always making deals. I know we should be doing news, but this is really fascinating. We could yeah, just make the rest of the show news hour. I come out from my garage because it wasn't long after I got home from the Rick Emerson show a couple days ago. Uh huh. I have a big route I need to do on the way home every day. I have to pick up the dog from the doggy daycare, and then I gotta take him home, and I gotta pick up, you know, my daughter here and there, or my son. By the time I get home, it's like five, right? And so, is the priority the dog or the daughter? I think I know the answer to that. Get picked up first. Well, the dog gets picked up for for a reason. (laughs) The dog costs me money, okay? Are you kidding? And the child goes to public school. That's right. (laughs) You know, no one ever ends up with a... uh, no one ever ends up with a dog after one too many whiskeys. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so so the deal is, I come walking out of my garage, and there's my brother, big smile on his face, and this guy comes walking across the street. Uh-huh. Hey, and, and I wasn't going to tell him he was my brother, but my brother had kind of that smile on his face, like, good luck, man, you know, good luck trying to get rid of this guy, or good luck, like, I just bought some, or I don't know what his smile was all about, but it was a smile. And my buddies, my fence buddies, is like, well, oh, that's his brother. Oh, that's your brother. What does this have to do with the story? Did because your brother buy something for the guy? Yes. And so, <laughs> it runs so the, the guy family, goes, don't it? let your brother outdo you. And he starts, you know, Are putting you the kidding? pressure you on me. You fell for that? This is, is, is this the guy's pitch to you? You're joking. Yes. You're joking, right? No, the I'm magazine, The magazine guy's pitch to you was, don't let your brother outdo you. Hey, do we need radio sales reps? Because this guy would probably be really good. I mean, he's so... That's the Here's sad the truth is that's probably an accurate <laughs> statement. It really yeah, the is The other true. sad truth is the new I come Gabrowski. from a sales background, and so you kind of feel more for salespeople. So salespeople are the easiest to sell. Okay, hold on, Sarah. What did I just say during the break? Scotty, he said that salespeople are the easiest people to trick. I'll be doggone. I just said that during the break. Off uh-huh. the air, I just said that during the break. I said Scotty is a victim of this kind of thing because he is a sales guy. And you feel for and him. And salespeople, anybody who is, you'll forgive the phrase, a hustler, is the easiest <laughs> person in the world to fool. That's sale, every salesperson I've ever known. They are the easiest people in the world to get to fall for things like this. So, right. all right. Yes, exactly. I'm glad you feel the same way, Scott. So, in other words, my... You don't want your brother to be more of a man than you. <laughs> Buy Oprah. And apparently he bought a truckload because this guy's like, look, this one earned, this earned me 400 points. All I need is like another 200 points from you, okay. and my kids will get blah, blah, blah. Here's what I don't understand. But, but his kids, I thought no, it was no, for special No, no, the kids that he's trying to help. Here's what what I'm saying. I don't understand this. Let me ask you this. Just and let, I realize this is all a scam, and so it's sort of academic, but I mean, in terms of... Of the guy who is pitching you the magazine sales. He's telling you that this is to help the children. Right? So yeah, far, okay. Underprivileged he's, he's, kids. He's telling you it's to help underprivileged children. He is getting $98 from you to help the children. And yet he's also telling you that if you keep buying, he earns points. What, yeah. do, the, what do the points do, Scotty? That's the thing is uh, points equal kickback money. 
for his cause. Why would you give money See, to a guy I who uses... I thought the whole thing was a, a scam, and now that it's all on my face... If you thought I mean, it was a scam, why did you... He just used the word kickback. He's like, well, the guy explained that there was a kickback system going on. The well, kickback is to the cause, apparently. The cause is that the guy... The magazine uh, obviously has to have some money, or they wouldn't send a magazine to my house, right? So part of that money, part of that 98 is going to go to the magazine company. Was this your thought process so at I the thought. time? Like, is this what he told you? Is this kind of what you assessed? Is this like in his head? Like, at no, the this... time, I was a victim of a... And it'll build up homes for the poor. I was a victim of feeling <laughs> sorry because they play the old, uh, you know, I'm just, you know... And, and they, they look at your house and they make you feel guilty. And then, <laughs> freaking, hey, man, I hate it. I'm never. I'm gonna be rude from now on to people like that. Yeah, so you should you should be done being the giving Scotty Joey. I'll know. I'm done. You know I'm what you serious. should do, Scotty? Scotty J is very giving. Whenever I need a dollar for an easy times. Mac, he'll give it to me. From now on, Scotty. Scotty's going to be relentlessly materialistic from now on. The funny part is no more of the uh, no more of the living close to the bone that he's been doing. He's Scotty's going to Scotty. The first thing you should do is to get yourself in debt and go buy lots of shiny things. Well, the other thing is I I make a certain wage and I pay other people three times what I make to do <laughs> stuff for me. It's amazing. Let's get a couple of these. Um, this call. I don't know what this is about. The, call, the description of this call just says subject about being a loser. Is that about you? Oh, of course not. I'm right? not trying to be rude. What does this mean about being a loser? About uh, himself. Is the caller discussing himself? Yes. We'll get that here in a minute. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, uh, sir or madam, as the case may be. Scotty, you dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> My father called me that once. Yes. Once. Yes. Hello, that's, sir. Yes. That's all I could say. All right. Well, thank sorry. you. That's the extent of the call. All right. Thanks so much. There you go. All right. So what steps have you taken, Scotty, to... I am um, now... Uh, alerted the wife. Emergency 911 alert. Uh-huh. We have been taken again. Yeah. So call the bank, cancel the check immediately. Oh, okay. I also uh, told my brother about it. He goes, are you serious? And <laughs> and I wrote back and, and I put, of course, I'm effing serious. And so that means business. Okay. This email says, Rick, I love Scotty's Choice in Periodicals. O Magazine, as in, oh, where did all my money go? <laughs> or as in the O balance in my checking account. Scotty J says, best employee ever. That really is true. It really is absolutely true. All right, well, thank you, Scotty. Okay, thank God you. God bless you. Let me borrow one of those copies of O after you start getting that in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, God almighty. I don't even really know where to go from there. I, uh... There really is nowhere to go. It, it, it really just let me just get this call with the guy uh, here at KCMD Portland, where the guy talks about being a loser. Hello, sir. Hi, Rick. It's Randy in Minnesota. Randy in Minnesota. Hello, sir. How are you, my friend? Uh, well, I'm a loser. Um, I, I need to tell first, uh, Scotty though. Uh, I thought Vanilla Ice was Scotty's brother for one thing, and uh, another thing, wah, wah. And another thing is that. Uh, he can get magazine subscriptions online for like six bucks a year. Yeah, I know. I mean, effectively, it, magazines are so desperate for income now, they will effectively come to your house and give you a back rub and ten bucks just to read their oh, magazine. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was getting Rolling Stone for six bucks a year. You can't beat that. No. Yeah, look, they needed $98, but it is a lifetime subscription. Just <laughs> that it rang no bells at all in his head is just the best part. Yeah. Okay, my story of coincidence and loserdom. Uh, of course, I get the show on podcast. So two days ago, uh, Wednesday, I was getting my check, and I was walking past the uh, Hennepin County Library, and I said, there's a number of TV trucks there about 150 feet away. And I said, you know, I could walk over there, but why bother? There couldn't be anything possibly going on to have all those TV trucks there. I'll just continue walking forward. Listening to the podcast later, I found out the uh, the courthouse 
I live in a diner. The courthouse. You walked by Lisa Goddard. I know. You and walked without that. even knowing it. You turned on the TV later or watched the, the, the whatever. I was you... listening to the podcast. And the Hennepin County Library is right there. I live in a diner. I could have met and possibly stalked the future of Mrs. Sporber. Without even knowing it, you walked right by. You walked probably within 10 feet of Lisa Goddard the other day and didn't realize it, sir. I'm the, I'm the Optimus Prime of loserdom. <laughs> That's okay. Describing yourself as the Optimus Prime of loserdom simultaneously makes you more and less cool all at once. You know what I mean? Correct. All right. Correct. I'm sorry to hear that, sir. That's okay, Rick. I'll do better next time. Thank you, my friend. Take care. All right, Randy in Minnesota. Randy, who walked right by Lisa Goddard. That's a great story. Hey, who wants to hear calls about Scotty? Me. Hi, uh, hey. uh, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Scott. Hey, Rick. How you doing? What's up? Hey, I just want to let uh, Scotty know that I, I sell uh, meat, uh, like steaks, out of my uh, back of my truck. <laughs> I'll, I'll, always sell them, I'll, I'll always charge them 300 bucks for a box. Yeah, we'll give him a lifetime supply of meat. A lifetime supply, you bet. The, uh, the fact that he first tried to pay with a credit card, even after saying to himself, this seems like a scam. Well, all right. Hey, do you want my credit card? I mean, that's just, it's just wonderful. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll take his credit card. Uh, if he wants to give me cash... Hey, no problem. I'll take them double. Yeah, I'm sorry, sir. Cash only. Well, all right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, hi, you're on the Rick Everson Show. Hello. Hey, yeah, I just want to say I feel sorry for Scotty. It happened to me once many years ago. Yes, but how old, how old were you? Uh, 17. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. That's uh, you were You were actually three times as young. As uh, Scotty is now, so yeah, that's yeah. Because now you can make these subscription for like twelve bucks for like two years now. I was and really, <laughs> I, I hate to keep making this point, but really, who is buying a magazine subscription at this point? I think the only magazines I'm trying to think of, I even subscribe to anything anymore. I don't think so because I think the ones that I was sort of guilted into by an actual real charity some years ago have run out, and I've never bothered to resubscribe. I give you all my magazines. Yeah, as I said, the one that I would be interested, I would be interested in reading like Blender. Blender's a great magazine, but Tim gets Blender, so Tim brings Blender in. Um, the only other magazine that I would really be that interested in reading, well, I got the New York Times magazine, so you can get that at the newsstand of the paper. But there's Playboy, but I just don't have enough time. It's like who has time to read magazines cover to cover anymore? So. All right, excellent. Hey, best show ever. I gotta get back to work. Thank you very much. Thank you, my friend. There you go. That's Rod. There you go. Well, that really is great. I feel ever so much better about all of us in this room, and really just you know everything. Fantastic. Uh, well, let's do a couple more here on KCMD Portland. Uh, let's do a couple more here. And Scotty, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do one of our Halo Three giveaways right here, y'all. So what we're gonna do right now is we're gonna take caller number uh, five for your shot at Halo Three. Uh, we'll take caller number five right now for your shot at Halo 3. It's 503-733-2970. You know in the meantime... You know what's awesome is when you're on MySpace and you think you're friends with somebody or you were yesterday and then you go to look at something and it says, viewable by their friends only. And then you realize they deleted you as a friend. Don't take it personally. Was it someone that you liked or somebody you don't really care about? Well, it's somebody that I've talked about before, but I didn't really know that he thought that, that um, whenever I was referencing... My neighbor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because we've been friends, and then all of a sudden... Oh, is this the guy you kept calling Cracky? Maybe I wonder got, if that could have contributed to... Uh, maybe it got back to him that I called him Cracky. Do you suppose that maybe the fact you relentlessly called him a crackhead indicated that he didn't feel you were truly friends? Yeah, I probably deserved it. Here's Tim Riley. FBI Director Robert Mueller is speaking out of New York, saying Al-Qaeda is not an organization that will 
go quietly into the night. We will not go quietly into the night. <laughs> well done. Who did that? Was that you or who put that together? We, we both did that. That's genius. Okay, that's fantastic. Just right as the FBI has changed and developed new tactics, new tactics to confront Al Qaeda's <laughs> asymmetrical warfare, Al Qaeda in turn has also adapted. We will not go quietly into the night. That is great. I do love the idea of just trying to find any possible use. Anytime that Bill Pullman can, I mean, there's nothing that can be said in the news that doesn't sound better when said by Bill Pullman. Mm -hmm. Can I just tell you, by the way, that Scott Daly is going to be joining us. Oh, see, I didn't know. I thought you were no, reading my mind there. No, I have to have it cued. I thought you were reading my mind. Yes, okay, in less than an hour. I oh, know. never mind. I know. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, the Larry Craig restrooms at the Minneapolis airport are about to become an even less inviting place for a rendezvous. Airport officials plan to put in new stall dividers just two to three inches above the floor instead of the foot long ones that they have now. They have stall dividers put in place that go down almost to the floor, so there isn't room for people to uh, stick parts of the body from one part of one stall <laughs> into somebody else's. So now you're just going to be in a box with your own your own hideousness. That poop box. Uh, the spokesman says they want travelers to feel safe. The bottom line is that when people go to a public place and go to use a public restroom, whether they're going to use it themselves or whether they're going to send their child into the restroom, they want to know that they're not going to be peered at or touched or exposed to some kind of sexual activity while they're there. Okay. I've got two observations in my head. One is a little awkward, the other less so. Uh, do we want to hear the more awkward observation first, or do you want me to build up to it? More. We'll take whatever you got. That really is the motto of this station, isn't it? Well, whatever you have, we got to fill the hours between 11 and 3 somehow, so uh, do whatever you like. Okay, here's the more awkward uh, the, the more awkward question is, let me ask you this. You hear uh, people, this is sort of an offshoot. You know, I always wonder about bathroom graffiti and about how... I've asked this you know, a lot over the years. Like, who, like you must plan out writing gra bathroom graffiti because I don't think I've ever been in a bathroom. And then even if I wanted to write something, like have a huge marker on me, like a huge, you know, like black, like a Sharpie or something. It, it seems like there's a whole breed of people who, and I'm not talking about like leaving a phone number. So I'm talking about people who just want to write like ass in big letters on the wall. Who you, to go into the bathroom and then have the Sharpie with you, I mean, that indicates some degree of pre-planning, you know? Like, what are you going to do today? Well, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to take my car to get washed, and, uh, yeah, i got to pick up a book at the library. I'm going to write ass on the wall at a bathroom, then I'm going to have lunch. And, I mean, you you got to have the pen with you. Go, you have to plan it out, like, early in the day. It just makes no sense. So there's this is an offshoot of that, which is that, you know, you'll hear reference to the so-called glory hole, which is the, the wall or the, the hole that is cut out between two stalls in a bathroom or at a restaurant bus stop or something, and which is, you know, obviously put there for the, the purposes of some sort of uh, quasi-discreet sexual encounter. So there's the wall between the two stalls, and then the glory hole is just a big hole that's been drilled through to allow facilitation of the insertion of some part of your body into the next stall. My question is, like, is there some guy leaving the house with a Makita drill and like a, I mean... Because it's not a whole, like, I mean, you know, if you've ever been to, like, to a restaurant or to some bathroom or whatever and you see one of those in there and you're like, well, I mean, that's large. I mean, that's like the diameter of a baseball or something. How does that even get there? I mean, that's like a guy lugging in some sort of a selection of power tools from his home. What are you doing today? Well, I'm going to spend a lot of time at a bathroom drilling a hole in one of the walls. I mean, and wouldn't somebody notice that? 
Like, if you were in the back, I mean, this guy noticed Larry Craig tapping his foot. Wouldn't you notice if a guy in the stall next to you was there with some sort of a, a power drill in his hand, you know, like, drilling a hole through the wall in the bathroom? I just don't understand these things. Um, so there's that. That's, a, that's an awkward observation. Secondly, I don't know if I'm the only person, and I think this is across gender lines, who has this weird sort of, I won't call it a phobia, but a little feeling of unease. Because, like, in the bathrooms here at CBS, you get in the stall, the stall swings shut, but, of course, because there's got to be room for the door to swing, the the door is not completely flush with the sides. So there is, like, a crack down either side during you know through which you might be visible. Are you ever sort of in the stall, sitting there doing whatever, and you wonder if the person who is washing their hands at the sink can, like, see you in the reflection in the mirror? Do you ever wonder about that? You can see steely blue eyes. Exactly. Like, I... Uh, like Larry Craig. Totally. I have actually thought about that sometimes. That you're sitting there in the stall, and you you do wonder, like, am I visible to, like, some guy who's just standing in front of the mirror? Not that it really matters, I suppose. It's just kind of weird. I was, this is years and years ago, I was at one point, I don't think it was in an airport, though. I remember where it was. I was at one point in a bathroom, and it was in a public place. I forget where. In the stall, door shut, doing the business, whatever. And some guy came in, and you know, normally, how do you check to see if the stall is, is it? You know, you, you, you bend over and you look and you see, you look for shoes. This guy didn't look for shoes to see if the stalls were vacant. He literally did that thing of coming up and looking in the crack in the door. He came up, and I, I remember looking up, and there's a guy, and he, to his credit, he just went, oh, sorry. And I guess went down the line to look for the next one. But he did actually come up to the door of the bathroom stall and put his eye up and look through the crack. I mean, it was completely creepy. All right. Uh, let's do uh, one more here, and then we'll do the Halo thing. Babies for the motherland. Hillary Rodham Clinton says that every child born in the United States should get a $5,000 baby bond from the government to help pay for future costs of college. Well, by the time college rolls around, $5,000 won't buy a book. Uh, Clinton, her party's Fred Rutter, said the suggestion uh, is a good idea. She made it during a forum at the Congressional Black Caucus. I like the idea of giving every baby born in America a $5,000 account that'll grow over time. So that when a young person turns 18, if they finish high school, they'll be able to access it and go to college. Well, $5,000, it's like $40,000 to go to college now. The senator did not offer any estimate of the total cost of such a program or how she would pay for it. Approximately 4 million babies are born every year in America. I mean, that really is not not only just like a Democrat, it is just like a Clinton. I mean, really just that we're going to give everybody $5,000 to breed, and, and then how are you going to pay for this? Well, don't you worry about that now. That's a whole lot of Jedi mind crap going on there. It doesn't really matter. You don't need to know how we're going to pay for this program. And let me just say what everybody in this room is thinking, that instead of giving you your ass $5,000 in a bank account for your kid, I, I think all of us right now, I think I speak for everybody. Would all of us now, instead of, because that money's going to come from us, let's be honest. When, when it says Hillary doesn't say how she's going to pay to give every child $5,000, well, of course we know how she's going to, she's going to pay, she's going to come and get it from us. She's going to shake us all down uh, for the money to give $5,000 to a kid. Would not we all pay double for people to be sterilized and not have children? Yes. Right now. Yep. I'm telling you right yes. now. If, if Even we, if these little schoolgirls come to my door and say they're only taking cash, oh, I might consider it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking $10,000 to sterilize children. Um, the Really, honestly, if the government, if, if somebody from the government went on television right now and said, look, we are going to take a huge chunk of your, of your income for the next six months. For the next six months, for the next year, we're going to take a huge, you're going to pay double your taxes for the next solid year. For one year, we're going to double your taxes. But you know what? We're going to use that money to pay idiots to be sterilized. Uh, 
And, and you know, I'd, I'd sign up for that right now. I would pay into that immediately. If I, because think about your average moron who shouldn't be having kids. Think about how taken in they are by, you know, you know, by the prospect of a couple bucks dangled in front of their face. Or, you know, the fact that they could buy stretchy pants on sale at Walmart or now, something. Why don't they put them in like Fred Meyer? Uh, in that the corner where they have the optical shop? Exactly. That's, I was just thinking about that. You go to one of those discount places. And give them candy or something. You go to your food for less. You offer them five grand and some smokes. A big bag of Oreos. Here's the thing. And that's exact. Or maybe just a fistful of scratch-off tickets. You know what I mean? And cigarettes. You say, look, we're going to give you some cigarettes and scratch-off tickets and ten grand in cash. You're going to spend Oreos. about 12 minutes in this van out back. And in the van out the back, the van is a mobile sterilization unit. And we just roam from place to place sterilizing morons. And that's it. I would pay any amount of taxes for the next year to just sterilize a generation of idiots. That sounds like a good franchise well, think, opportunity. That pays for itself within just the first year. Think about all the uh, the, the prenatal crap you're not going to have to pay for for morons who want to sit and just Xerox themselves over and over again. Mm -hmm. I would pay for that right now. Uh, all right. Where should we park it? Uh, well, you're going to start at Pioneer Courthouse Square. All right. That's And then you're going to move to my neighborhood. Let's get one more, and then we'll do the Halo 3 thing. Hello, sir. Hey, Rick, this is Ethan. Scotty mentioned me earlier. Uh, Scotty yeah. had, had demanded that you call to weigh in on the magazine. I scan. called in and talked to him earlier, and I got one of those pesky, you know, jobs. Oh, yeah. Couldn't stay on hold. <laughs> no, I had, I had to have had the same guy come to my house. And, you know, some smelly, gross-looking dude that happened to dress a little nicer. Uh-huh whipped out this laminated card and said, yeah, I'm selling magazine subscriptions, blah, blah, blah. And, <laughs> and you immediately said, I should give this guy cash. No, I immediately said to my, in my head, oh, hell no. Yeah, exactly. As soon as I opened the door, uh, and then I got out of it by saying, yeah, I get all my magazine subscriptions through my daughter's school. Van C., look at you. Well done. Scotty's typing on screen. Exact scam that took me in. It so. had to be the same guy. Of course. Of course it was. And it's funny how you and Scotty, it's sort of a control group. You know what I mean? It's sort of <laughs> like when one group is given a placebo and the other one's given the real drug. Right, exactly. Yeah. And that's, I mean, and Scotty was, I can't wait for, you know, I mean, that's, you, you are right. really seeing, yeah, you are really seeing how, uh, how Carl's Jr. ends up. Well, never mind. It's a little... <laughs> Angus? Yeah. yeah. Angus. Okay. Thank <laughs> yeah. you, sir. Thanks. All right. Bye now. No, I was going to do a Carl's Jr. joke, but I can't do it because it's profane. Um, all right. Let us take now a caller number five. Caller number five. Hi. Who, uh, who is this on the Rick Emerson radio program? Hey, this is Jason. Hey, Jason. Are you a video game enthusiast? I am. All right, sir, you're going to be, be uh, playing for a copy of Halo 3, the exciting new first-person shooter from Bungie Games and Microsoft. Uh, here's how we play our game. We're going to give you a video game sound effect or song. You must identify it within a reasonable amount of time. Uh, because Rick Emerson cares, I'm going to give you the choice. Do you want to identify an arcade sound or an Atari 2600 sound? Uh, let's go with the arcade. Okay, arcade. Let's see here. Mm -hmm. And I don't pick these until we do them, so that it's uh, you know, so it's all very fair. I pick these at the. Uh, let's see. All right. Um, okay. Here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna play this sound. This is from an arcade game, and I do, I go out of my way to not pick anything that's ultra obscure. These are all very uh, mainstream games. You should know this. We're gonna play you now the sound of a classic arcade game. Uh, after which, if you can identify correctly, you will win a brand spanking new copy of Halo 3. All right. Sir, please now to identify the game from which this sound is drawn. Oops, one second here. 
It doesn't want to. Ah, that, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hold is on. That it? Hold on. It's actually a series of sounds, but it doesn't want to open. Ah, it's opening very slowly. I apologize now. I apologize. My fault. Um. Ah. Ah. All right. No, it doesn't want to play. It doesn't want to play all the way through. That's my fault. The sound is corrupted. All right. I have to do it again. I have to select something else. All right. All right. Err. Okay, we will do this. Here is the arcade game sound, sir, that you must identify for your chance at Halo 3. Can you identify the classic 80s video game from which this sound is drawn? I'll give you a hint. It is a chance stage start. In other words, this is the beginning of a bonus stage. Would that be Contra? Oh, no, no, it's not. No, this is actually the beginning of the chance stage start from the game Galaga, sir. Oh. Galaga. Galaga. And by the way, that in the initial, uh, this initial sound effect that didn't want to play all the way through, this was in fact the sound of the frog moving in Frogger. Frogger. Oh, wow. Right there. But it didn't, I couldn't, it's supposed, it's supposed to actually play several times with the frog actually hopping along, but it actually is corrupted. It doesn't want to play. When it goes in the water. Exactly. I've got that actually, too. I've got the sound of the frog going into the water. Hold on. These are, let's see. Here's the frog going into the water. Right there. So, the out of context, though, that can be hard to identify. All right, my friend. Thank you so much for giving it a good attempt. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. There you go, my friend. Um, we come back after this. We'll, uh, we'll do, uh, we'll take another caller. So, if you are, do we have the next... Yes, yeah, so it's Roger. Roger, if you're on hold, uh, hang on. We'll talk to you in just a few. More from Tim Riley around the corner. Scott Daly coming up later on. Jim Roop as well. And Halo 3, your chance to win it. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Damn. <laughs> I'm not repeating that on the air. No. Well, I guess I could repeat just the punchline. Well, now you can. <laughs> Didn't identify who we're talking about. No, it, you know, Tim's punchline there. Let's just let it go. Okay. Bam! All right, let's uh, do one more attempt at this Halo 3 giveaway, and then we'll talk to Tim Riley, the Ministry of uh, the Ministry of Oh Snap. Uh, hi, uh, Rick Emerson, Joe. Who's this? This is Adam. Hi, Adam. How you doing, brother? Uh, pretty good. How about yourself? I am Dandy. Are you a video game enthusiast, sir? Uh, yeah, I enjoy them. Okay then. Well, we're gonna get a chance to win one of them. So okay, uh, we're gonna play a little classic video game sound effect, uh, and I think I've, I've sorted out the problem. The problem is always Tim resides with Bill Gates. Um, which is ironic considering we're giving away a Microsoft game. Uh, I'm going to play you a classic video game sound effect. I've actually, I've, I've actually, um, I've been able to uh, to make this so that it uh, really is that true, Scotty. Okay, well then, then go ahead, then Adam, hold on for a second, Scotty. If that's true, take his info, and we'll get back with him like next hour. That guy you're talking about there. All right, okay. Um, all right, so Adam, here's the deal. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna play you a classic video game sound effect. If you can identify the video game in question, you win yourself a brand new copy of Halo 3. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, here's the video game sound effect. Sarah, am I up over there? Sounds like asteroids. Hold on. 
All right, I wanted to let it get to the end of the year. Uh, all right, can you identify that game, sir? It sounds like asteroids. Regrettably, sir, that is not asteroids. That is incorrect. The game in question here. The game in question is Tron. So sorry about that. All right. Thank you. Was Adam. your corrupted file, was that Dig Dug? No, the corrupted file was Frogger. It was just supposed to be multiple leaps of the frog, and I couldn't get it. It was, it was, it only downloaded the frog, which is kind of, I mean, I guess it's pointless because it really is just the same sound over and over again. But uh, there you go. All right. Thank you. Okay. Sir. Thank you. All right. So, Scotty, if, if he, right there, yeah, if Roger wants to hang on, uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a bit, but we'll get we'll get him here next. We'll take him in a few. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Damn, did he just say that? It's Tim Riley. And now from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. We have several downtown match stops that are going to close tonight. Go to the Max uh, Mall Light Rail Construction. They're going to close at 7 o'clock. They include Pioneer Square South, North, the Mall Southwest Port, and Pitt and the Anhill District. So, that's that. They have big, deep holes there, and the tracks are going over people working on it. I'm surprised that somebody doesn't hit somebody's fingers, but they, they managed to do that. So, Max is going to close at those downtown locations at 7 o'clock. So, get home as soon as you can. Seriously, because after you a while, be downtown no, anyway. Because you're just marooned at a certain point, right? Yeah, well, so you, you take a bus or something or something. Who knows? But who wants to be downtown at night? Oh, no, not Except I. For murderers. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Washington State woman who was rescued from a trapped car after being missing from a week is still in critical condition in the Seattle hospital. Tanya Ryder was found trapped in a car about 20 feet down a ditch. Her husband said officials waited too long to start tracing her with her cell phone. All I know is no one else should have to go through what she went through. When the simple pinging of a cell phone could have led them to her an hour. Now they, but see, I'm curious about this because they will always claim to you that your cell phone cannot be used to identify your location. Is no, that bupkis? Okay, so is that so the companies are just lying when they say that? I guess so. I mean, it's. I mean, I don't know who tells the truth anymore. I mean, really. don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, I just sort of. It seemed, you know, I absolutely believe that the companies would just lie, but they always do that because I think it says that actually in your documentation for your cell phone. There's like that fact thing, and is it, can my cell phone be used as a GPS to identify me or my location? And the company would go, No, of course not. We could never use your phone to locate you. But clearly, that's a lie. They could do that. Yeah. All right. Sort of like when that. Company that shall not be identified claims that they're not throttling BitTorrent traffic, which, of course, they are. Here's Tim Riley. Let's do a Britney watch. All right, here's your Britney watch. Really? We don't do them very often, but well, we are this we got to do them before she's dead, mm -hmm. which I think might be Monday. Oh, wait. No, no, no. Aren't we supposed to have a new... Uh, wait, I hold believe on. so, yes. Hold that, on. That's Britney old school. Let me just... Sarah, if I'm up over here. Oh, I'm sorry. i got to close the... Uh, i got to close, close, close this here. This. I think she's stupid, not fat. <laughs> I like that one. So do I. Okay. A man who was once paid to protect Britney is now dishing the dirt about her odd behavior. Tony Barreto has a testified against Britney and her child custody battle with Kevin Federline. He appeared on the Larry King show. He, he peed on the Larry King show? He appeared oh. on the Larry King show with guest host Tony Potts last night. 
And he talked about the time he found drug paraphernalia in Britney's hotel room after she spent the night partying. It was a clear pipe. I, I don't believe it was a crack pipe. I don't know. It could have been marijuana, perhaps a methamphetamine pipe. Those are kind of similar in nature. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't really take a whole long time to sit there and debate what it was. It was a pipe. It was clear. It was a smoking device. Um, I moved forward looking for weapons. Um, and we ultimately cut her out of the room. Hot breather. Hey. A, how sad that anybody who works with you should ever have to get on television and clarify that, quote, it was not a crack pipe. And B, I think one good long look at Brittany and her figure and behavior will let you know she's on neither crack nor crank. That's uh, That body is that. That's the body and dance skill of a pot smoker is what that is. That's uh, Brittany's way too sluggish and fat to be on any sort of stimulant. Uh, Tony, talk about how your wife dealt with Brittany's constant nudity. She was uncomfortable with it. I mean, uh, I was pretty much going to quit, but I, I felt like I needed to stay there because of the kids. Um, but uh, it, it really put a very big bearing on my relationship for a while. Uh, Dr. Drew, who shows up on all these shows now. Really? Good for him. Excellent. Uh, explains why uh, Brittany isn't getting any better. There's no enlightened person to step up and say, I'm willing to risk my job, I'm willing to risk my access to you to get what you need and what she needs. Basically what Lindsay Lohan's doing is going away for a long period of time in an intensive, isolated experience interpersonally where she can have treatment. Dr. Drew is, it's, the great thing about Dr. Drew is, Dr. Drew is sort of like how with every uh, every VH1 show that has anything to do with music, Alice Cooper shows up to be interviewed, and anytime there's any sort of pop culture thing, Hal Sparks shows up. Dr. Drew is the Hal Sparks of the addiction world. They just he's, he's like number one on the speed dial to get on there and talk about this. There's a new charter school being built in Washington, D.C. Apparently that's not a problem. But it is up the block from uh, a lot of flyers advertising naked women uh -oh. littering the grounds. Diana Goldsmith is among those who is fed up with this. Every time you walk up and down the street, you see the flyers with um, buttocks and, and um, breasts. Fantastic. I want to know where this street is. I demand to go there now. You like those... Washington, D.C. Have those you been there yet? No. No, that's uh, going to have to be the next trip. No, no, no. I've been to Washington, D.C. Oh, that's right. I was unimpressed. All right. Like, I mean, you know Washington, D.C. I had fun at Smithsonian. That's exactly it. You know, Washington, Lara put it correctly, Washington, D.C. is like a charm bracelet on the wrist of an ugly girl. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of, you know, there's some cool buildings to go see, but they're... There's not that many of them. They're all in one place, and they're in the middle of this town that is just squalid and hideous. So, uh, yeah, there's really no reason to go to Washington, D.C. I really enjoyed the Air Museum when they showed the, all the Russian spirit, spacecraft, those old wash buckets that are woven together, <laughs> sending people into outer space. It's, it's amazing how people lived sending, to land in those things. Sending somebody to the cosmos out of something they just took from a jug band jamboree somewhere. That they were you know, using for a cow's milk just a few minutes before that. Comrade, we need you to get... Mr. Gagarin, we need you to get inside this washing machine. Yeah. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Uh, how are you today? I'm fine. What's up, brother? Oh, uh, well, I, you were talking about the GPS phone tracking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's real because there's an option on my phone that says, do you want 911 to track where your location is? And, I mean, I called from Washington, or in Washington County. They put me in with Washington County, which is the worst 911 system I ever called. And so, but when you signed up, they asked you, they said, do you want this phone to be able to track you? No, no, in case it's you're an option on my cell phone itself. Oh, really? Okay, see, I didn't know that. So. Yeah, it's on mine, yeah. too. Excellent. All right. It's, so. it's a horrible, it's a horrible Washington County 911 scary. I called in, they put me on hold. <laughs> I'm on the edge of a building. Please hold. All right. Excellent. No, living with it. <laughs> All right. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. That's a Kino. All right.
Okay, here's Jim Riley. The State Fair of Texas opens up today. Uh, fair spokesman Stu uh, Gooden says the fried food is always a hit with the fair goers. Fried latte that took our most creative award at the Big Tex Food Contest. Runner-up was Texas Fried Cookie Dough. We have spam quesadillas. We have fried guacamole. You know, I'm, I get so torn about stories like this because, don't get me wrong, I love bad food. I mean, you know me. Look at me. I'm all bloated and pasty. I love to eat badly, but goddamn, sometimes, and it's it's every year about, uh, I don't know, starting around April, you get these sort of affairs where somebody has decided to take a bucket of lard, dip it in sugar, add raisins to it, deep fry it, and then force feed it to children. And and and, and then there's always some, some big-butted woman in front of a camera, so we're going, well, let me talk to you about this exciting new treat we're going to be unveiling. And it's just, you know, all right. Okay, here's uh, let's do one more here. Well, never mind the buttocks. The Sex Pistols are back in town. They pioneers of punk rock, I know, you gave it to me, right? Are using Los Angeles as their warm-up game for their upcoming tour of England. Their October 25th show at the Roxy will be the first public performance in four years. The reunion tour is the 30th, 30th anniversary commemoration of the groundbreaking album Never Mind the Bullocks. Here are the Sex Pistols. It also happens to be their only studio album. Known for such singers, uh, singles as God Save the Queen and Anarchy in the UK, the band is most widely known for lead singer Johnny Rotten's chaotic antics and his drug-related death. Well, that's the uh, drug-related death. It's vicious. vicious in 1979. <laughs> That'd be great, though, if, they, if he was dead and still singing somehow. That's true, too. Just, just a skeleton duct taped to a microphone. Like Minnie Pearl. I did see the Chelsea Hotel when I was in New York. Oh, oh is, that where, uh, is that where the spongeon... Stabbing happened mm-hmm, in the basement. The the Nancy Nancy. Wait, is this Chelsea? Where? I'm so confused about this chronology. Is that where he stabbed her, or where he overdosed, or both? I think it might be both. Because I have always thought. I know it was. The, I think it was. I'm almost 100. percent It was the stabbing. See, because I had always thought that he stabbed uh, allegedly stabbed Nancy Spungen, and then overdosed the same day. But apparently, it was some months later. I, I guess I've always been wrong about that. That I guess Sid Vicious allegedly uh, he stabbed her to death in the Chelsea Hotel. Well done, allegedly. Allegedly. We know he did it. He totally did. And then uh, and then he overdosed. Uh, and then he overdosed at some other at some of the later on or whatever. Hey, by the way, speaking of Sid Vicious, uh, don't forget Goodfellas, uh, which, of course, if you've seen Goodfellas, uh, you know this. If you haven't, it doesn't really uh, make any difference. But it ends with the Sid Vicious cover of the Frank Sinatra hit, My Way. Goodfellas uh, is going to be next Friday's Midnight Movie, Court and Fatboy. So we'll be talking more about that uh, next movie. week. Yeah, no, it's a, a fantastic. I mean, it's long. It's like a nine-hour film. but um, oh, So that'll last all night. Yeah, and no, they do it's all beer at the Baghdad. They do, and so uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it starts at eleven, I think, and it's going to go to like two, two thirty, something like that. But I mean, it really is worth every minute of it. Goodfellas. I mean, I'm just belaboring the obvious here, but Goodfellas is a film that is just—it's flawless. That is, you know, we talk about flawless films occasionally, and we try to come up with a list of movies that are flawless. I think Goodfellas is on that list. I can't think of a single bad frame. There's not. There's nothing wrong with that film. Every single bit of casting. The music, the direction, the, the the set direction, the 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 production value, every single frame of that movie is genius. Uh, anyway, hey, speaking of movies, Scott Daly's going to join us next hour. Jim Roop, uh, Scotty, can you do me a favor? Can you rustle up that uh, the other Halo guy? Yeah. If you can do that. Uh, let's welcome now uh, to the Rick Emerson Show from the band Cleveland, uh, our good friend Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing, sister? Hey. Hey. How are you? Did I did I start today? Did I wake you up in the back of a squalid tour bus somewhere? <laughs> well, I can't tell you where I woke up, but yeah, I am up 
Now, is it, are you are you guys on the road uh, right now? Are you guys out and about? Are you now you're playing Dante's, right? Is that we're tonight, not, tomorrow? We've got a little tour, a West Coast tour going on tonight. We're starting in Seattle. But, um, yeah, I'm still in my house. We're actually just packing the van. I'm waiting for uh, the drummer to show up as no normal. And, um, <laughs> yeah. How ironic is it, by oh, the way, funny. that when it comes to showing up, drummers have the worst sense of time? What is that? I don't, well, the only reason I'm on time is because we're meeting at my house. But uh, not now for my on-timeliness. But, um, <laughs> but, yeah, we're sort of playing t- Seattle tonight, and then we're at Dante's tomorrow night. And, uh, and then, yeah, we do a little West Coast tour. Going down to Medford. Excellent. And, uh, Tonight we rock Medford. Dude, it's it's really fun. There will be like a few people there, but my lord, they know how to bring out the rock in Medford. I'm not kidding. They're really they're really fun. We like we play there and it's crazy. We're just on the floor, people playing my guitar and. I have to say this: that you know there are sort of towns that you don't really think of as being like rock and roll hotbeds, mm-hmm. and then you go there. Like I remember, I was in. Um, I mean, I guess this makes more sense because it is very much a college place. But I remember seeing Ace Fraley of all people in a little club in Eugene, um, yeah. and just you know, you think in Eugene, you don't think that like that's a big sort of kiss type town. But man, I saw Ace Fraley there, and the crowd just lost their mind. Um, click, really? Before, before we I go, I think of Eugene as like people just stoned and just sort of staring at you like where are the lights, dude. I and Eugene, I always just picture a guy on a unicycle with a Dr. Seuss hat doing a bad juggling thing while reading aloud from the collected works of Ken Kesey. But I before we yeah. go any before we go any further, is it is the best place to find out about Cleveland? Is it is it uh, do you guys have an official website or is it MySpace or what's the best place for people to go? Oh yeah. It's so early for promo, sorry. Uh yeah. <laughs> So I'm going to get my, my promo coffee on. I feel um, really bad that we're even making you speak at this point. You do sound like you're just deep inside a coma. I, I'm, no, I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm doing pretty good. I slammed some coffee. I, got, I woke up and I got, I was like, oh, boy, I got all these text messages and messages, people who really want to talk to me. It was all these people calling me the rickshaw. No! I, we were talking and to... Like, Kristen called me and all these people called me. And then we were talking to Storm and Storm's like, I can probably go over and wake her up if you want. I, uh... <laughs> What is the? Uh, what yeah, is you, you don't want a storm alarm clock, man. She'll sit on you or something. No, yeah. she'll come, but she'll punch you. What is it? What's the best place for all things Clevelandy? Um, um, there are two places where you can go see um, Cleveland stuff. Uh, we have official website clevelandmusic.com. It's Cleveland with a K. Yes, sir. Uh, and uh, there's also yeah on MySpace. But either one, so either one of. Little nuggets of happiness and pictures and, and information. So you're Seattle tonight, uh, Dante's tomorrow, and then Medford after that. Uh, <laughs> right? Am I, am I, ever, am I Med- close to correct? Yes, Medford. And, we're not just going to Medford, by the way. It's San Francisco, um, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Double Down in Las Vegas. Excellent. Every time we play there, there's a huge fight that breaks out. I love that place. I have to... <gasps> the Double Down I love, with the uh, puke insurance? I have what's been the, there. What's that? I don't think I even you know pay, what you're You about. pay 20 bucks for uh, vomit insurance, so if you throw up, you don't have to clean it. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's so great. Fantastic. You only get one chance to do it, and then she waves her hand slowly in front of insurance. Uh, <laughs> all right. This is the place where, like, as soon as the band starts, the security come off the doors and they stand by the singer. Just waiting to punch people. Yeah, just because people get so rowdy there. You play on the floor and they get so rowdy that they're, like, trying to grab the microphone and sing along and grab you. Every time we play, it's a fight. We play there once. A huge fight broke out. We, like, we go outside and, like, trash cans fell over and beer bottles went everywhere. And then everyone stops and grabs a beer bottle and starts smashing each other over the heads. It's like an old Western. Bring the kids, won't you, please? I know, it's a very cool bar. The best part is the, the like, cops rolled by, stopped, 
looked out the window, kept going. <laughs> That's wonderful. Um, and I just, as a quick note of congratulations, I know that some time has passed since then, but um, I saw you guys play at Rockfest, which is just, and as I, told, oh. I, as I told Storm, there's, you know, a lot of people there knew you guys were fans, some of them didn't, and it's, you guys walked out on stage, and then you fast forward about 90 seconds later, and their hair is on fire, and their faces are <laughs> melting, so. That was a great, I, you know, I have no idea what to expect, people told me a lot of stuff, and I didn't know if it was going to be, you know, like five Hessian dudes in the corner, like, show us your kids, you know, I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, and we right. get up, and it's like thousands of people, and these little girls, you know, everything from like 14 year olds to like these, you know, the metal moms and stuff. It was, yeah, it was awesome. It All was right. Cleveland. You have to come into the studio. You really have to come in. Yeah, you really must come spend an hour or so in the studio. I feel, well, and you know, Morgan Grace is playing in the band, too. That's true. I didn't recognize her at first because I was, I was kind of way in the back, but yeah, I saw Morgan. Is she's what, second guitar now? Or yeah, something, and so. she's. Stephanie from Cleveland, check out their website as well. Thank you, Stephanie, and uh, have a uh, have a great show tonight and tomorrow as well. There you go, Stephanie from Cleveland, ladies and gentlemen. She's hilarious. Cleveland with a K. We had to bleep a little bit there. Oh, I wish we didn't have to. Show me your blanks. <laughs> How you doing, Tim? Well, I thought that was the most interesting and entertaining. I mean this in the best possible way. This maybe sounds like a little bit of a knock. It's not. You can can't you just hear the rock and roll lifestyle in that girl's voice? I can. Yeah. I mean, it's well, especially she's having a hard time. Like I can't do these early morning it's interviews. Like two and it's two. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just too early. It's so great. She's on the. She's on rock time. All right. Uh, did I see Dennis standing? We're going to her stockings in the sink. And... Seriously, I. All right. God damn. Well, should we just break now? I, I don't know. You tell me. Yeah, let's do that. Right. And, let's come, let's do, and then we can have Dennis. We'll come back. We have Dennis coming up. Scott Dowley coming up. Another Halo 3 contest. More from Tim Riley. Jim Roop coming up as well. You stay there. It's the Rick Everson radio program. Don't go anywhere. I don't think there was a reason needed. Uh, anywho, hey, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. And fiercely proud of it. Uh, Scotty, let's take, uh, let's get that, let's get our friend, our guy, the dude, him. Man, it is hot, hot, hot. I don't understand what's going on. Are we talking? It's 82 degrees. It's 82 degrees. It's 82. The thermos, let's give a quick recap. The thermostat is broken. It keeps getting hotter in here no matter what we do. Uh, we're running behind. Okay, we'll call him. Mm, all right. I understand, Scotty. So, okay, hold on. Let me just uh, let me just before we do anything else, let's just. Uh... Scotty J. I wish I knew how to quit you. Please, I kiss you on the mouth. Please let me. Good morning, Matolia. Scotty J. Hi. 
All right, so we have the Halo Rick. 3 guy, and that was my mistake earlier. Uh, my mistake earlier was I took the wrong call, just a, a behind-the-scenes business here. I took the wrong call. Uh, it ended up not being an issue because the guy we took didn't get to the question right anyway. But we have a guy we are going to be taking. So I understand. Do you have his number? Yes. Okay, so why don't you have him call one of these lines over here? I know you don't want him to call on the warm line because that's Roop, but why don't you have him call one of the other lines because Roop isn't calling yet and we can do the other guy. Okay, Roger, call us. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Way to be smooth. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much. All right. All right. Uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, our good friend Dennis Pitsenbarger, host of Miles Around, uh, Saturdays 9 to 11. Hello. How are you? What's up, brother? Uh, you know, just looking forward to a uh, another good weekend, obviously, uh, each and every weekend on this very fine radio program. we got Car and Driver, then us, the local touch of that, and then over to uh, Tom Likas with the How to Get Drunk with the Higher Class Liquors. Are you becoming... Is it, is it Dennis or is it a promo? That was good. Yeah, really. You well, don't sound like yourself. You sounded all I'm smooth. I'm sorry. I've, I've, only, I've cut myself down to one viso a day. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you. Whatever you're doing or not doing, keep doing or not doing it. Okay. This is the delivery for you, my friend. You well, sound, uh, you're not in squiggle vision today. Maybe you started smoking the pot again. Uh, no, God, I wish I could. Really? Though. Is that I true really that w- Dennis Pitsenbarger is smoking pot again? Uh, no, but I wish <laughs> I could. I really wish I could. Okay. I remember. Do you miss it sometimes? I. Oh, you have no idea, girl. <laughs> you have. Girl. I mean, I'm telling you, not only, well, I mean, really, weed was my DOC for a very long time, and then I kind of went into the, the, the powder fun, and either way, either one of those either one of those substances, I wish that I could do until my bank account was empty, but unfortunately, um, adulthood, parenthood, uh, being a married man, and a business person has negated any of that fun. So this particular path of pleasure has been closed off to you. Yes, I, uh, though I'd like to go down the path, skipping with glee, um, I am unfortunately uh, bound by the constraints of reality. But I still have a lot of fun. I, 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 let me tell you this. Don't think that my wife, and I'm sure she's listening, she always tries to turn, tune into the afternoons on Friday, um, that she hasn't already made it to the adult beverage store, and I will be uh, partaking heavily so, in the Captain Morgan's rum and uh, some so diet cola. Are you one of the drinkers, like, uh, on the weekend, you just head home and start having your first drink right away? Uh, not right away. Usually uh, we make sure, and again, the parenthood thing, uh, we make sure that uh, that we wait until the family time and uh, and Dayton time, my little girl. Once she goes to bed, though, man, it's like, it's it's let's get our drink on so we can relax. But I have, you know, it works both ways because... My wife, bless her heart, has this very strange trait about her that this weekend we're planning to clean the house, go through the garage, go that. You know, you do that stuff, right? You got, you know, you got a house now. You're not sure. Home. Yeah. You clean? Let's pretend I do. You don't clean your house for the purposes of this conversation. Okay. Yeah. You know, you if by clean you mean pay someone to come clean, yes, I do. You I don't ever have like the one. Neither one of you ever do like the. Okay, listen, this weekend just for because we have nothing better to do, we're gonna go top to bottom, clean no. the house. No, that never no. happens. No. My mom used to make us do that. No, I'm really serious about it. We let it go until it's filthy, and then we no, pay someone yeah, to clean I'll, it. Yeah. No, I'll. Well, I mean, I'll clean my own house, but. Not and the I, entire thing, top to bottom. Like, I'll do different sections, different days if I'm feeling it. Well, yeah. we, just, we get in this thing like every, like, I call it the quarterly cleaning, you know, and you were t- referencing. I used to do that. Okay. I mean, I used to be that way to where you let it get scrungy and then you get to the point where you just can't stomach it anymore. But again, unless anybody thinks that this is because I'm some high roller, I mean, it's, you know, there's twice a month where 
And just I'm just saying this because it's a fact. Twice a month because we don't have the kid expense. Yes. Uh, you know, it, you know, you, you can pay somebody a couple hours twice a month to come in. You know, it's I amazing pay. the amount of work that you know, like a cleaning service can get done. Man, you can throw them a few bucks twice a month. They'll come and clean everything. You better believe it. I actually pay someone to pick up the dog poop in the dog yard. I mean, I don't don't think that I'm doing. Yeah. That. So no. Uh, Getting to my point was is that uh, we have a trait for some reason. My wife has the wonderful trait of when she can take a uh, a four pack of Red Bull and a twelve pack of beer, and she gets into like cleaning superwoman and uh, more power to her because we just get on this mode where we're uh, happily buzzed and very energetic and uh, you know what you sound like you sound like um Stephen Baldwin the guy from the usual suspects when he I bought some bottled water but I didn't know what to add is that that guy no that's Stephen Wright oh <laughs> <laughs> no I spilled spot remover on my dog and he's gone no, the I put, uh, I put my car key in my house and then I drove it into the highway and said, "Get out of my driveway." No, the uh, the, the Stephen Baldwin is the guy from Usual Suspects. The uh, and on this farm he shot some guys. That guy. Um, <laughs> the um, but he you know he's a he's a, uh, he's a born again nutcase you know Christian and so forth. And I don't mean he's a nutcase because he's a Christian. I mean he's a nutcase anyway. Then oh. became like a, but he's one of those guys at the bottom at the bottom of the empty vial. He found Jesus. And, um, but the, the interviewer, the interviewer was with him, the interviewer was with him and the interviewer said, so, you know, you've, you, you know, with the help of Jesus, you've, you've broken away from the need for cocaine. And I swear to God, Stephen Mobile goes, what, why do you have some? Like that was it. So that's what you sound like. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson show from Los Angeles. Joining us now, the one and only James Roof. Hello, sir. Howdy. What's up, brother man? Tell me. I'm sorry, dude. I look at we got to you a couple minutes later. I apologize for that. All right. How's life? How are things? Life's good. Things are wonderful. It's uh, you know just a Friday here in La La Land. Yes, it's it. Uh, I I wanted to, to ask you about this because well, there's two things. First of all, let me just get this other story out of the way. Is it true that there's some city down there that stinks so badly? There's a number to call about it. Yeah. Really? Yeah, Woodland. Like, without even hesitating, you answer that. Please. Woodland, California. It's weird, man. For about 13 years, there's been this pungent, foul odor, and they can't tell where it's coming from because it'll come from the east, it'll come from the west, and, and you know, they've been working on this thing for 13 years. They can't figure it out. So a few months ago, they opened up this line, this this odor hotline, asking residents, look, as soon as you smell it, call this number. Tell us from what direction. That is so great. What time is it? And what does it smell like to you? Yeah. Well, I mean, what smells like a wet dog to me may smell like a, a bouquet of roses to somebody else. What are you know? some of the, do you know some of the uh, the, the suggestions that people have got for well, identifying the wet odor? dog is a suggestion. Uh, uh, skunks on fire was a suggestion. <laughs> I, mean, I don't even know what that, sm- I don't even know what that smells like, but it's wonderful. It's got to be, it's got to be nasty. Skunks but apparently, it, you know, and the good news is, that it, it it seems to dissipate during the winter when the temperature's down, uh, it's not as pungent. So uh, you know the, the the people of Woodland are able to take the masks off for a few months. And then I guess in the summertime it's really. I said, why don't you go where the country meets the city and see what you smell there? Yeah, I mean that's a. I mean really, if your city smells so badly. That the government actually has to, like, if you have seen this smell, please call this number. I mean, that's that's God telling you to move and live elsewhere. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a little sign from God. That's one of the plagues. That's right after your wife turning into a pillar of salt. 
So which happens from time to time. It does. Um, well, all right. So everybody, now let's collectively get out our mental maps and check off Woodland. Yeah, don't place go there, especially in the summer. Black mark right through that. And then we were just talking to our good friend Dennis Pitsenbarger here, who I think you may have missed this part of the phone call, um, Jim. We were talking to Dennis. We brought him on, and he seemed Dennis seemed unusually calm today. And Sarah said jokingly, "Hey, are you back to smoking pot? Ha ha." And then Dennis gave this long, like, two-minute lament about how desperately he wishes he could be filling his body with narcotics, but he can't afford it since he has a child. So, anyway, so speaking of that, um, what is this pot candy bust thing that's on the uh, that's on the wire? <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a, a, a company in Oakland called Tainted Incorporated. And yes, that'll get you. That that won't arouse suspicion. What do you sell? Tainted food. Well, they make you know they make marijuana laced snacks. Everything from barbecue sauce to Rice Krispie treats. <laughs> barbecue, <laughs> marijuana laced barbecue sauce. I'm telling you. Gotta love America. And you know it, it's it's legal in California state law to uh, have it, to use medicinal marijuana. Uh huh. But federal law trumps state law, so the feds came in. And closed the joint down, confiscated all the cookies. So now, and, and primarily because they say, look, Halloween's coming up, and, and when you have marijuana in a product like that, it is more potent and longer lasting than if you would smoke it. So they're worried that kids may get a hold of it. And, and, and I'm thinking, why is this different than any other day? Seriously. These people have been shipping these things to these supposedly shipping them to these uh, marijuana dispensaries throughout the state, right. also British Columbia and Amsterdam. They're sending product to Amsterdam, too. So you know, the Fed shut it down. They, they arrested three of the people that run it, and they're looking for the fourth guy. That is just, I mean, what do you know, and you may not, do you know what the biggest selling product they have is? No, no I couldn't get a hold of anybody at the company. Oh, that's too bad. No, for some reason, the phone wasn't being answered. <laughs> Know why? And when it I is being... that, that one guy might be in the back, you know, trying to get rid of the evidence. And when it is being, yeah, the toilet's just flushing over and over and over. <laughs> and when it is being answered, the guy sounds real disinterested and lazy yeah. and the whole thing. I do you watch Entourage? Yeah. Would you, you remember that episode a few, uh, I don't know, about a month or month and a half ago, where drama decides to get medical marijuana? Uh, and no, he, I didn't see that. One. There was he goes to a medical. He he sees a guy with a cool hat with a pot leaf on it, and he's like, "Hey, where do I get one of those hats?" And it turns out the only way you can get one of the hats is by belonging to a club for medical marijuana users, and it's you know <laughs> becoming a member of the place where you go to get your marijuana. And so I was actually sort of curious about that. If you if you are a resident of California and you decide you need medical marijuana, is it a chicken and egg thing? Do you go to the doctor? And just say like, well, I've got all this. Uh, no, it's not that easy. Anxiety. I mean, is it? I, so they don't just really hand them out. No, no, no. It's not that easy. I mean, it really is a prescription thing, and it's usually, um, if 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 somebody is, I mean, they're taking this medication so they can stay alive, and it makes them nauseous, you know. Right. Or, or it's something like that. It, it's really, it's it's not that easy to get from. From what doctors are telling me, right. I'm sure that there are some phony doctors that are writing prescriptions left and right because there are an awful lot of these marijuana dispensaries. I had a friend of mine. I will not identify him. But there's a guy I know who lives yeah. in California who has the, um, uh, what was his thing? His thing, it really was like, you know, general stress or something. Like that was the doctor's thing. The doctor said generalized stress and anxiety. And he had the card in his in his wallet, you know. And, wow. uh, well, there you go. Maybe it's easier than I thought. Maybe that I was should take a walk down to my doctor's. That office. was not in Los Angeles. Oh, um, no. That was in uh, that was Amsterdam. In, oh, it was in Santa Cruz. So close yeah. enough. 
Maybe I was going to say, maybe things are a little bit different. I understand that Santa Cruz is a little lax about such things, but... Um, if general stress is how you get a marijuana card, I would have them, like, dealing them out like a 21 table. <laughs> You'd have a Rolodex in full of them. Jesus. Hey, right. Simpsons book is number two on the New York Times bestseller. I saw that. We were talking about that earlier today. I got off, I, I just talked with Kim Goldman not too long ago. It's funny that, because we were uh, – I was saying that – because I sit around and think about you all the time, Jim. I was thinking about this last night, actually. I was thinking about how you and I had talked about Phil Spector and how I had talked about O.J., and I was sort of replaying the conversation I had last night for no real reason. And I was thinking, well, how weird it is that it was the biggest trial in the history of the country, and yet I felt like in my gut the American people kind of had moved on and didn't really care about it. And I thought, well, that's you know kind of a shame that this book is such a huge sort of deal, you would think, but it's not really going to sell a whole lot. And then Tim Riley says today it's the number two book in the country. Yeah, and, and I, I, I talked to Kim Goldman maybe an hour ago, and I said, did that surprise you? that it reached number two, because I told her, I said, honestly, when we heard you guys got the rights, I went to the streets, and, there, and nobody said they were going to buy the book. Right. You know? She said, well, you know, people like, she was ashamed of it at first. Right. So I was really ashamed, but now I guess everybody else was, too. They didn't want to admit, but they were curious. And she does realize that people aren't buying the book to help their to help fund their foundation for crime victims. Sure. She knows that people are buying it because they're curious about it, yeah. Andy Simpson. She says it doesn't matter to her. Now she's pretty proud of what she did because it's number two on the New York Times bestseller list. Uh, people are getting a real insight of O.J. Simpson. And, and the title, the book cover says, you know, they hide the word if. It looks you like know. a lowercase i almost. Yeah, yeah. I, I did it. Um, confessions of a killer or something like that. And she says they're getting a real good look at this O.J. Simpson. And, you know, it's, it's a victory for them. For 13 years, this guy's been avoiding them. And and or eleven years since the since the, the civil judgment, and now they got one. She said, and it really is kind of the thing that Amazon.com was invented for. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you order it online, no one sees it. It comes to your house in a plain wrapper. Right. So I'm sure no one's walking into Barnes and Noble. You got that book by Simpson? Yeah, that killing book. Yeah. Yeah. All right. My... Are there instructions in that thing? <laughs> my... What chapter says how to? <laughs> my my, uh, my friend, big plans for the weekend. Uh, no, man, no. I'm going to just, you know, I, I was sick and I'm still feeling kind of funky, so I'm just going to kind of relax. Excellent. You and me both. We will be doing the same thing in different locales. I'm man. not cleaning my garage in my house. That's for I'm damn sure. I'm not cleaning a damn thing. We'll get Dennis's wife to come down and do there it. There you are. All right. Have a, a good weekend, brother. Thank you, sir. There you go. Jim Roop. Hey, uh, hey Scotty, can we have uh, Scott Daly uh, enter the studio? We're running real late here, but I want to get him in the studio. So, Dennis Pitzenberger, what is coming up this weekend, apart from your lamenting uh, that your, your lack of narcotics? Uh, well, besides the lack of narcotics, it'll be kind of a, a standard show. We are going to focus on, obviously, the, uh, the chase for the cup, the next uh, the Nextel Cup, and the, uh, I still call it Winston Cup Series, but... Uh, that is going on the third race of the ten races uh, at Kansas this weekend. A little more time. I actually was lucky enough to spend. Uh, I'll spend a little more time talking about. I was uh, had the opportunity to spend an hour and forty five minutes with Bob Lutz, who is the head of General Motors. So it was interesting to talk to him about what uh, what the real scoop is with uh, American automakers versus uh, the powerhouses like Toyota coming up and nipping, right. nipping at their heels. So it'll be car and driver, then us, and then uh, Tom Likas, the uh, the tasting room. So uh, make sure and tune in. Which is a really great show. There you go. Dennis Pitsenbarger, ladies and gentlemen, from miles around. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Uh, we'll have to break here in a second, but before we before we break, let's welcome out of the Rick Emerson Show from FilmFeverRadio.com. Our good friend Scott Daly joining us on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up, sir? Oh, you know, it's 
Friday. I love the idea that that place makes marijuana laced barbecue sauce. <laughs> so great. I mean, you got to think of it. any any snack treat for potheads. I mean, it's, it's a perfect uh, yeah. target audience. This country really is just a, <laughs> this country is fantastic. Sarah nailed it. It really is. It's just a, it's just a wonderful thing. All right. Uh, before we do anything else, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson show. Is this uh, Roger? This is him. Hey, Roger. How you doing, brother? Hey, I'm doing great, Rick. Thank you. How are you guys? Uh, we are fantastic. You, uh, you a video game enthusiast, my friend. I am, Rick. You know, I love you guys, but I was very perturbed with you because I knew that answer to uh, the Galaga question. Uh, and yes. All right. So, so here's that you'll get a chance to redeem yourself, my friend. Uh, we're gonna play a classic video game sound effect uh, for you. This is an arcade sounder. A classic video game sound effect. If you can identify the game from which this sound effect is drawn, uh, you'll win a copy of Halo 3, the new game from Bungie Interactive and Microsoft. Are you ready, my friend? And this is Classic Arcade. Classic Arcade. Okay. Classic Arcade from, uh, I don't know the year exactly, but I would put it at mid to, early to mid-80s. You got it. All right, sir. Uh, we're going to play this now. Please now to identify the game... These are all, the great thing about this is these are actual vintage recordings too. Wow, it's is, is really hard to hear on my phone, Rick. Really, okay. is it actually is it not coming through? Are you actually? It is a low uh, recording. Are you actually not is, able to? Uh, are you actually not able to hear it? It's really rough. All right, I'll tell you what. We'll actually we'll actually give you a second one here. I'll actually give you a second one because these are it's a library I found where it is actually all vintage recordings that a guy made of himself as a video game player as a uh, as a youth. Hold on here. Let's see if we've got. Uh, We'll give you a backup sound here. Let me see if I can get this one to play. How great, how great is that? I'm sorry. I hate to interrupt myself here. How great is it you can actually hear the kid? You can actually hear the kid playing this. We'll get enough sound. Uh, oh, I feel bad. I feel bad, and I feel bad that this is the second sounder that is actually too low to be heard. So I'll, uh, I'll tell you what. Hold on a second. Let me just see if I can close this here. I love that game too. Yeah, it's actually it's actually Zaxxon. It's actually Zaxxon, and it actually does not want to play here. So you know what? I'm gonna I'll make the executive decision, sir, uh, that we will uh, toss the game your way uh, because we're unable to. Because I previewed these on my computer upstairs, and they actually sounded a lot clearer here. So that's actually my fault. So the contest is sort of flawed on this call. The last one was fine. This one's actually not playing so far. So I'll tell you what. We're gonna make an executive decision. And we will go ahead and toss this your way, and we've got another copy still to give away for everybody out there who's uh, clamoring uh, to win this. So we're going to go ahead, and I'm going to put you on hold. Thanks, Rick. Scotty's going to get awesome. your information. Yeah, I feel bad uh, that the sound effect is actually not functioning correctly. So we'll go ahead, and we'll get you uh, that copy of Halo 3. We have one more copy. If we don't give it away today, we'll do it on Monday, though. If we don't do it today, we will give it away on Monday. So, All right, we'll take a break here. We'll come back. Tim Riley around the corner. Uh, Scott Daly uh, with a review of Into the Wild, right? Correct? Yes. Into the wild. All of that coming up. You stay there. Like us at 3. Donna Mike at 7. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. You stay right there. All right. Find it with your stupid federal laws. 
sorry. Gee, thought I'd ask. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. What's going on here? Sarah is covered in itches. I am not. Oh, now I'm going to start scratching. <laughs> Let's all scratch. It's a Friday. It's hot. We're all feeling itchy and scratchy. Scratchy Friday. So how about that uh, weather we're having, huh? <laughs> Are you really saying that? <laughs> or is that a lead-up to something? It's miserable out there. Is yeah, it? Good Lord. Somebody told me it was hailing. It's raining. It's raining. Somebody told me it was hailing earlier today. I believe See, it. everyone laughs, but everybody wants to talk about it, don't they? Uh, see, nobody <laughs> I'll just sit back here and let you finish your weather conversation. Tell me, I'll go on to the next story. No. Everybody's making fun of it, yet no one can stop talking about it. We're trying to help you move along, Tim. We're you all are moving yourself here. <laughs> We're okay. trying to bring relevance to the story. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> as I stand in front of the chroma key, pointing at a green screen, <laughs> that tonight and Saturday we'll see some dry weather, but the rain is coming back Sunday, and it's going to stay all next week. So you're all going to be miserable. So not say I didn't warn you. So I got a day to lay down the rest of that mark dust in my driveway currently. Yes. Wait, right. so it's going to be dreary? It's going to be raining all next week? Yes. Yeah. All next week. Okay. This Has the yeah, rainy season... have an excuse not to bike right back. And the yeah. snow is going to fall and stick at the 4,500-foot level. Sweet. Has the, is the rainy season... It, I mean, is started. it beginning? Is it starting yes, it is. now? Yes, yeah. I promise. This is such BS. <laughs> I hate ang- Portland. Angry. <laughs> Jeez. So angry at the weather. Oh, Damn you, God. I'm just getting back into my... Viso, man. I'm, I'm getting back into my bike riding routine. You can't burn then... out in Portland this fast. You just got back last week. <gasps> yeah, really? So stop it. It's depressing, though, because it's I just getting back to bike riding. Would you rather have New York winters? That's true. I mean, at least it's not blisteringly cold. Yeah. Here. I mean, you know, like in Utah, and Utah was the same way, where it's just like so cold that it just takes the skin right off of you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about the weather, do they? <laughs> <laughs> Meow. Hey. Well, a German word. Sorry, has... Mr. Mr. Thang. <laughs> what is with you? <laughs> a German worker has been arrested for stealing more than a million screws and then selling them on the Internet. They had identify a 33-year-old uh, screw machine operator, smuggled between two and 7,000 screws out of the building every night and sold them online in the scheme that cost his company $150,000. Police say the screws were sold under market value. They say he confessed. After others raided his home and found his screws. So you could say he had no, some... No, no. Come on, please. Are you say screw loose? Yes. And screws were loose. Or okay. he got screwed. No. No. That, no. Screws were loose. That's too better. easy. No, that's, too, how that's, that's too morning show. <laughs> that's why we don't work in that. That's we don't stoop to that level. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Cruise is apparently expecting a real-life War of the Worlds. The Hollywood actor who starred in the Steven Spielberg movie about battling aliens is reportedly building a $10 million bunker at his Colorado home to protect his family from an alien attack. I have that same story Sweet. over here. London's Evening Standard said the Mission Impossible possible actor and devoted follower of Scientology is fearful that a disposed galactic ruler named <laughs> Zenu is planning Zenu, a Zenu. upon the Earth. Is that is that why he's building it? Yeah. Reportedly yeah, fearful. It believe. has a high-tech oh air purifying system. Yeah, it's reportedly fearful that deposed galactic ruler Zenu. Is Zenu who John Travolta played in Battlefield Earth? No, he played uh, Clore, or whatever his name is. <laughs> I've, re- I've, re- I've read Battlefield Earth. I, uh, it's, what was his name? Clorox. <laughs> Big bottle of bleach. Tor or Clore or something. I heard you were becoming Tor. a lady. I heard you were becoming a lady. <laughs> it really is a Friday, isn't it? It is. 
Go ahead, Tim. I thought you were going to finish the story. Oh, um, I don't know. But look at this creepy photograph of Tom Cruise looking like a dictator. <laughs> look at that. This is totally like Tom Cruise so getting ready to, you anybody? know, bow before me. Totally. <laughs> All right. So that happened. <laughs> a, a car ended up in a precarious position in southeast, drawing uh, the attention of lots of bystanders. This happened at Southeast 162nd and Davidson. Somehow, Gresham. the car ended up partially suspended in the air, apparently supported by a, a power line. Nobody understands how it got there in the first place. Yeah, no injuries are reported. I don't understand what we're talking about. Where was the car? It's at uh, 162nd in Powell. But, I mean, it's... Ooh, that's creepy. It's hanging in the air. Oh, that's it's weird. really creepy. Yeah. Maybe uh, Tor came down and drops it or something. Well, it is Gresham. Mm-hmm. I mean, anything, is, <laughs> anything is possible, I suppose. So that's that. All right. I think I'm done for today. <laughs> <laughs> He's just pulling the ripcord. I am. I do have to go back to the newsroom, though. It's going to be a very, very busy day. Tim Riley. All this weather and all. <laughs> little jab. I like it as he's leaving, just a final boot. That's right. That's right. Disrespect my weather broadcasting. Yeah, Tim's going to kill us all. I think he could. Okay. He's going to kill us all. He's going to kill us all. He's Tim Riley. You can hear him pre-killing at 4, 5, 6, uh, six and 7. Uh, top of the air all the way through like us. All right, there you go. Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, hey, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, whoever this might be. Uh, am I on the air there, Rick? Yes, you are, sir. Hey, man, I was going to comment on that soundbite. What's up? Well, which soundbite? Uh, the, the very first one. But when? Ever? Uh, <laughs> what are you talking about? You guys played a, uh, you know, some, some kids playing a video game a little while ago. Yeah. You didn't ever say what it was, so I, I don't know. I just... Oh, the first one, and that's my fault. I screened these upstairs, and they sounded fine. I forget that everything kind of gets, if you're listening on the phone, sometimes they get squashed down, and you can't really hear them. So after two sort of aborted sound effects, I finally told the guy, I'm like, hey, you know what, we're just, screw with it. We're just going to, screw, we're going to pull, pull the pull the plug and just kind of give you the game. Um, The second one was Zach's, and the first one was Qbert's. Oh, I, I didn't have, have it right. I didn't, I didn't hear. I didn't know if you guys uh, mentioned what it actually was. Yeah, but. yeah. The first game was Cubert. The second game we played for the guy was Zaxxon. But unfortunately, the clarity because they're vintage recordings was a little too low for him to hear. So yeah, we just avoided that and gave him the prize. Yeah, that's cool. Excellent. I was going to ask something else. Thanks. All right. Thanks. All right. Um, so here's the deal. Do you? I mean, you have something to review, but the movie doesn't even come out for like three weeks. So yeah. We, we, do you uh, want to review it? We could. I mean, we review it this week's show. Uh, at filmfeverradio.com. Uh, we review Aaron Reviews Into the Wild, the latest Sean Penn film uh, based on the John Krakauer book. But it doesn't really open in Portland until, I believe, the second or third week in October. So we'll just save it for then. Okay. Yeah, so that's fine. I'm not yeah. going to see it anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, all right. Uh, all right. So, therefore, it doesn't matter. If it doesn't interest me, it doesn't matter. I'm turning into Tim. It doesn't matter to me, therefore, it doesn't matter. But I do want to say some exciting news. Next Wednesday, uh, Aaron and myself and, the, and Jason and Aaron from Vanished Twin Photography are uh, car- heading up to Seattle for a day to talk to the one and only Jerry Seinfeld. For a, a uh, for the B movie. For the B movie. How did you yeah. get a Jerry Seinfeld interview? We're, we're film Fever Radio, baby. Come on. Shut up. <laughs> hey, I will we forever believe him. We know people. Know people. I believe his ice. Remember, he got us Joshua Jackson. That is true. And uh, and the uh, the what's it the um. And the and Dante um, and Randall. Yeah. And, and Richard too. Kelly. And, and Richard, Richard Kelly. Kelly. All right. So yeah. You believe his ice? <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. Uh, best point of the Hi, day. here on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Yeah, I was wondering what happened to uh, the lady that was answering the phones when you guys were in Europe and New York. Oh, we killed her. <laughs> okay, thank you. And sucked the marrow from her bones. Oh, now he's going to believe. Yeah, she's dead. Oh, Kristen Bowie. Um, 
Kristen did a great job. Now, Kristen, I mean, yeah, Kristen did a fine job. Um, Kristen works elsewhere on the station. She works on another day. She works in the morning. Uh, and then she uh, was our fill-in. And then in the evening and at night. In the evening and night, seven days a week, shaming us all. If you didn't know better, you'd think she was some weird zombie cyborg radio worker. Yeah, she's like a work bot. Yeah, she really is, you know, hey, I need you to work 48 days in a row with no rest or water. Okay, that's great. You know, and then she's just with a big smile. She's excited to do it. Yeah, with like, I can't wait. You know, just as, you know. It's motivation, man. While she has updating two a, jobs, too. She's, she's working here constantly, and then she has another job. And she works for another radio station uh, here as well. So she works for two radio stations and an outside job, works seven days a week. And then meanwhile is, you know, taking a class, and I think literally, honestly, she's taking a class. She's getting a, a, a degree in Norwegian history and culture. And then at the same time, she's like live writing, you know, the complete history of Lookout Records or something, you know, for a blog somewhere. So that's, uh, you know. All right. Uh, what the hell am I doing? Well, but do we have to break here? Soon. All right. Um, do we dare do one more uh, attempt at Halo 3? Let's do it. All right. Hey, Scotty, what, why you quit saying that? I'm just saying, come on, let's do it. No, you're doing it with a weird little... Um, come on. <laughs> what, how did Justin used to imitate Tom Likas saying, come on? Come on. Come on. I, come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And it's not really, that's not really how Tom says it. It's how Justin... Like, by the time it got put through the Justin machine, that's how it was. Sometimes it's better when it's, you know... Come on! Yeah. yeah. Like Danny, <laughs> Danny Carvey's uh, bush. Yeah, so it just gets magnified <laughs> like to the... Inter- <laughs> <laughs> you know, Dan... <laughs> we'll take caller five. Come on. Nice job, sir. We'll that take caller... <laughs> we'll take caller number five right now. For your chance to win Halo 3, it's 503 We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. Come out. Uh, all right, let's do this. I, uh, caller number five. Hi, who is this? Hey, this is Scott. Hi, Scott. How you doing, brother? Good. How are you, man? I'm Dandy. All right, Scott, we're going to, uh, are you a video game enthusiast? Sure am. All right, okay. We're going to, and I hope this one works out better than the last one. We're going to uh, play a classic video game sound effect for you. Uh, There's a classic arcade game from the 80s. If you are able to identify the game being played, and this is a vintage recording, so if you are able to identify the game being played, you win yourself a copy of Halo 3 from Bungie Interactive and Microsoft. Are you ready, sir? We'll give it a shot. All right, we're going to go ahead and... um... All right, sir. Yeah, um, I'll I'm play. Gonna it. Take, I'm just, I was going to okay. say I'll play it one more time if you'd like. Okay, all right. Yeah, let's hear it. All right, here we go. Oh, 
right. Do you know that video game, sir? I'm going to have to guess, but I'm just going to guess pole position. Well done. Very it is pole good. position. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, Excellent. Yeah, well, prepare to qualify, kind of. <laughs> uh, All right. Man, I... I thought I thought I almost said outrun. Outrun, good good guess, wow. but no no no, it is pole position. Sweet. All right, I'm gonna put you on hold, Scotty. You'll get your information. Thank you, my friend. Congratulations, Thanks. you want a copy of Halo Three. All right, uh, how long do we have here? A couple minutes. I have nothing to do. Well, at Film Fever Radio this week, <laughs> we have. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. Yeah, totally. Oh, I'm sorry, Scott. I forgot you were there. That's quite all right. Thanks, Rick. Uh, we, this week we start a our annual tradition around Halloween. Aaron and I talk about our favorite underrated horror films um, because this is both Aaron's and my Your favorite underrated family. horror films. So okay. Our favorite underrated. Can you give me a couple. Films. Uh, you know, I can't give you a couple that we. Well, okay, this week's well, show. Give, what kind? Give me an example. Of what, um, what kind of film are you talking I, about? I think an underrated film would be like. Uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, or really? The Birds, or something like that, where you don't think of traditional... Who said Wes Craven's New Nightmare? <laughs> was that you? That yeah. wasn't Aaron. That was that 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 was really Aaron. honestly. Aaron's pick this week, yes. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but a film like The Birds, I, I chose The Birds this week, and The Birds as an underrated horror film. I, I saw it last week uh, again, you know, and it just creeped me out. But when you think of horror and Hitchcock, what do you think of? Well, you think of Psycho. There you go. That's that's where his, you know, that overshadows everything. But he you ever watch did. The Birds, man. It's creepy. It's I, a scary film. I suppose there are. I've talked about The Birds actually. I was talking about it with Court and Fatboy the other day talking about The Birds and how The Birds to me is like Alien, the original Alien, where. I recognized its greatness growing up, okay. but I think maybe this is me and the fact that my ADD gets worse as I age, and especially being just a, a, a you know somebody in American culture, your attention spans get shorter and shorter and shorter, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's different. Like it's difficult for me to sit through Alien, the original now, because I find wrong it with you. Well, because oh, having I love aliens, my after Aliens, the Cameron one, it's hard to go back and watch Alien because it seems so slow. And the thing about the birds is, it's like. Until you get to that last 30 minutes, don't get me wrong, The Birds is well done, but I think for a 2007 audience, for me, I find that that suspense kind of is a code word for boredom sometimes. Don't get me wrong, there are sequences that are great. That sequence where they're on the playground and the kids are singing that la 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 la, and the birds are like everywhere, it's creepy. Uh, maybe, after, maybe I should see it again. You it's know, been a while you, since you I've notice seen it. in the birds there's no soundtrack, there's no music no score. The entire film. There's no score at all, and, and I think they great. only used something like eight birds in the whole movie. Yeah. So uh, and he has birds attacking, trying to eat children for trying out. That is pretty great, it's, and they peck that guy's eyes out. Oh, completely. It's no, that's out. worth your. All right, uh, filmfeverradio.com. Yes, sir. Episode 69 this week, so we're really excited about uh, 69 glorious episodes. All right, thank you, and I'd like to thank you for refraining from any jokes about that. Even though you wanted to. Even though you wanted to. Thank you for not blowing a .08 on me. <laughs> You're welcome. Not right. a good... <laughs> well, we listened to We were the next scene of radio correspondents. Uh, Steve Katz, I'm Jim Roop, and Scott Dalek from Philadelphia Radio. Rick Emerson, show producer today, and every day with the lovely and talented Sarah Stone for AM970 Solid State Radio. In the newsroom, Jim Riley, the PA, Scotty J, the gatekeepers, Dave's in. Thanks all to Stephan- uh, also to Stephanie from Cleveland and Storm Large. And so forth. Like us next, Donna Mike at 7. Have a safe weekend. See you on Monday. Don't let the bastards grind it out. Watch out for snakes. I thought you were becoming a lady. Goodbye now. By the Scottish play, I assume you mean Macbeth. Ah! <laughs> 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 <laughs>